is a room somewhere far away from the cold night air with one enormous chair oh wouldn't it be lovely lots of chocolate for me to eat lots of cold making lots of heat Warm face, warm hands, warm feet Oh, wouldn't it be lovely Oh, so lovely Sitting up so blooming lutely still I would never budge till spring Crept over me windowsill Someone's head resting on my knee Warm and tender as she can be Who takes good care of me Oh, wouldn't it be lovely Welcome to the Best Picture Cast. I'm your host, Kieran B. I completed my goal of watching every Oscar Best Picture winner ever and decided to start a podcast to review each one, each episode myself. And revolving co-hosts will discuss, assess, and evaluate a different Best Picture winner with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. This is not a Who Should Have Won podcast. We're here to discuss the inner circle of movies who took home the crown in their respective years. As a disclaimer, this is an opinion-based podcast and a subjective discussion by movie enthusiasts who don't claim to be trained experts. If we destroy your favorite movie or praise a movie you think is trash we encourage you to write us in at our email which is bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com that's bestpicturepodcast at yahoo.com all of our socials are at bestpicturecast be it twitter be it instagram wherever you want to find us you get us at bestpicturecast and we're back for our first episode of a brand new year the year 2024 back in the musical swing of things and I have some loverly people here to discuss it with me. And uh, a new combo of people, one we haven't put together before, so I'm excited about that. I'll start off by introducing someone's voice who uh, you're probably quite familiar with if you're a listener of Best Picture Cast. He is Joey R. Joey, how you doing? Oh, great. Very happy to be here. Very happy to talk about this movie after our, um, I think, very successful preview and launch. I think this is a great follow-up. Yes, and, and we checked the first box. We're doing something that we promised we'd do. So yes. that's a, the first thing. So we're off to a good start here. The accountability is, is working for us. Yes, the, uh, <laughs> the 2024 preview episode went well. We did our uh, debut our On the Feed platform. It's great. Very happy with it. We got really good feedback so far. Yeah, it was exciting. It was, it was fun. You got a ton of, ton of listens on that one. And we'll be back uh, probably, I think we decided right after the nominees come out, we're going to release yeah. one. Yeah, so the so nominees are out the 23rd. I think we said the 29th we'll be out with the cool. release. Yeah, it'll be like a little bit of a reaction episode or so. So you can look forward to that. Um, and oh, Joey, we've done a, quite a few musicals here. I believe this is our last one. Our last... Is in Zigfield? Zigfield is not a true it's musical. musical adjacent. And this yeah. is the last true musical, Yeah, yes. Yeah, so it's a little bit... Uh, a little bittersweet here. Today. Quite bittersweet. Yes. Musicfield yes. is not something I think anyone's looking forward to covering or hearing. So, yes. <laughs> so, with us here, a combo you last heard 
on our uh, lovely discussion on Michael Bay's Armageddon. And we'll start here with uh, Aaron B. Aaron, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me. This is not your first time on the podcast here, but it's your first time discussing a Best Picture winner. Yes, yes it is. So I'm um, excited to, to get into that with you. And we also have with you uh, Brendan B. Brendan, welcome back as well. I'm happy to be back. Yes, and this is uh, your, your, you've been on a few Best Picture winners before. This is your first musical. Here. First musical, surprisingly yes. enough. Yeah, we'll no. get into that in a little bit. We have a lot to discuss here today because the Best Picture guys, we don't just discuss the weather and our health. We, we discuss lots and lots of other things here. So, Real quick, though, great hat. Oh, yes, I have my, uh, my G-Mote hat on, the greatest great. movie of all time podcast. I earned this by guesting at least five times. So you get a hat if you're on uh, five times. So wow. there we go. And it came out pretty good. I like it. It's a really good hat. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. You can check out those guys. Tom and Dana do a good job over there. I think they have an episode on My Fair Lady as well. So you can, after you're done listening to us, you can go over and check out how they graded it. But um, So, uh, Brendan, I'm going to start with you here, and then we'll go to Aaron, um, because I think everyone knows the answer to Joey's, uh, Joey's answer to this question. Before we get to My Fair Lady, I want to ask you, what is your history with the musical genre, Brendan? What is your, because um, I don't even really know. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of just a sucker for a good mu- musical. Okay, um, so you do. You're, you're, you have the Gene Kelly, if, if you will. Yeah. Yes. Now, sometimes I think people, people who love musicals get stereotyped as drama people. I'm, I'm not really a drama, um, you know, in college I had drama friends who were in the drama clubs but i myself was never a uh you know in the drama club doing plays so an industry person so right, to yeah. say um, you just like to kick back and enjoy a good musical yeah yeah there's something about a musical that um it's it's so surreal in a way that you break out of your out of your casual everyday conversation and just start singing <laughs> Um, We've been known to do that around here as well, so uh, it's, you know that might, might be a good fit. <laughs> uh, Aaron, how about you? Uh, the musical genre. What's your past or your history with the the musical genre? Um, I like musicals. They're definitely not my favorite genre of movie. Um, I participated in being a drama kid, so I was in a few musicals. I was in Oliver. I was in Greece. Oh, you were in Oliver. Who did Oliver? You, who'd you play in uh, Oliver? I don't know. Some street kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was Sandy in Greece, though, when oh. I was in sixth grade. Oh, wow. Mm, yeah. A sixth grade production of Greece is aggressive. Yep. Joey, we all know your history with Well-documented. I love Gene them. Kelly. Yes, I have the Gene Kelly as well. And uh, we'll see how it goes here with, with My Fair Lady. Before we do the introduction to the movie, I want to kick around and ask what everyone's drinking here. Brendan, I'll, I'll start with you. So I have an Aslan Beer Co. Baby Shark. Oh, the Baby Shark. It's an Indian Pale Ale. Do, 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 do. <laughs> That's, we have a baby on the way, so. Hey. Yeah, well, yeah. Spoiler alert. I was going to wait till we got to Aaron, but okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan was taking the glory. Yes. <laughs> I love it. What I else is it. new? And what's the, where's that being brewed? Aslan Beer Co. Aslan. Um, I don't so know that. That is Alexandria, Virginia. Oh, Ooh, a little VA. Nice. Yeah. You're also spilling. And I'm spilling. <laughs> cool, very cool can. <laughs> yeah, it's a great can. It's that's really what what drew me to it. Yeah, the baby um, shark. Yeah. It's, All right. 
So as we uh, as we spoiled there, Aaron, for the second time on Best Picture Guest, you have a, a passenger on board. I, I do, I do. We have another uh, baby baby bee on the way. Yes, I this love it. This is a baby girl bee. Yes. Um, so I'm drinking a mocktail. It is from the brand Mingle, and it is a Moscow Mule mocktail. Wow. Look at very, very uh, colorful there. It's dressed up nicely. Garnished. I, I, I garnished it with some uh, frozen cranberries, make it a little fancy. Beautiful, beautiful. And your or your debut on Best Picture Cast, uh, Little Lachlan was on board. We were talking horror movies back then. <laughs> yep. And we're talking musicals today. So, yeah, when, so which are horror for some. Horror, horror <laughs> movies are definitely a little more my speed. Yeah. So when the two of them get older, we'll have to have them on to discuss musicals and horror movies uh, when they're when perfect, they're old enough to pod. Uh, this is great because they they made their debut uh, at a very early age here. So <laughs> it's great. Uh, Joey, what do you have here? I have the Brooklyn Brewery Brooklyn Pilsner. Okay. Never liked it. Never had it before. It's delicious. I haven't had that one yeah, before either. I've never yeah. seen it before. Chris Pilsner, I saw it before. I haven't had it. So cool. Good very, stuff. Uh, very Pittsburgh fan of, uh, right? of you. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, speaking of Pittsburgh, you know me. I'm watermelon around the calendar here. I don't, I don't adhere to seasons. I just do watermelon 12 months of the year. I have a watermelon sour from the Susquehanna Brewing Company. Susquehanna is in Pennsylvania, just like Pittsburgh, Brennan, so it's a good segue. Oh, wow. I think on the other side of Pennsylvania. But right. uh, yeah, it's a, a watermelon sour. It's called Suck on This Watermelon. So <laughs> for those that, uh, you know, that, that say I can't drink watermelon in the wintertime, um, I won't name names, Grant. Suck on this. Uh, I say suck on this watermelon. There you go. Cool. So we know what we're drinking here. We're ready to go. Where does that land in your favorite watermelons? Top three watermelon rank, rank, <laughs> rank right rank now. Rank. No, I mean, I, I have to say my my top two watermelons, I'll say everything. This is a sour, so. I like the 21st Amendment. That's one of them. That's, yes, for sure. And, a, and the Montauk is, is yeah, great, too. Yeah, that's yeah. my Montauk's number two. I think the Montauk's the best one. But uh, yeah, that 21st Amendment, hell or high watermelon. You yeah. get that in the spring. That's a, that's a great job. Have that with yeah. some, some um, wings. Great a little stuff. too weedy for me. I don't love the wheat. That's I, fair. I'm yeah. not normally a wheat guy, but I like that, and I like it. it's almost uh, Sam Cold Snap season too. That's mm. right. The Cold Snap is the only wheat beer I'll Just drink. Just rub That's it in, good. guys. Rub it in. Oh, sorry. That's right. <laughs> Your mocktail <laughs> threw me off. I get. I thought we were in the, the trust tree. Uh, okay. So, uh, my fair lady, here we go. Uh, whew, where do we start here? Why don't I? Why don't we just introductory thoughts on this one. Uh, what did you know about, I'm going to start with you, Aaron. What did you know about My Fair Lady coming in? Was this your first time viewing? What's your history with it? So I actually thought that I'd seen this before. And then upon starting it, I did remember the intro. So I think that I probably had seen it in bits and pieces, but didn't actually see the entire thing through through and through. I, I liked it overall. Um, I think that there was definitely a lot of it that I know we're going to get to it, but a lot of it did not age well, <laughs> to say the least. But um, overall, I liked it. And I think that the the intro was like, pretty cool. I think that a lot of the cinematography of the in and out and the way that things stop and go is very cool. It was very, very Broadway on film, which mm. was a cool aspect to see. Yes. A lot of times it doesn't translate well. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, Brendan, how about you? What did you know about My Fair Lady coming into this? For so, so I only really knew it to be the staple of kind of modern stories in which you're, you're bringing the, the woman who is not the uh, desired woman 
You're bringing her into a, a lot of desirability. Yes, yeah, it's been remade a, a bunch of times and oh, yeah. throughout. But other than that, I didn't I didn't really know anything about it. I didn't even know that Audrey Hepburn was in it. What were your kind of opening thoughts on the film and, and the experience of the whole movie or the, or of the opening? Uh, of the of just a just a general consensus of the of the film. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah. a fan, no, to say no, the least. It was, um, I had a lot of trouble with this. this yeah, movie. okay, all right. So we got uh, a couple perspectives locked in already. I, I, I can't wait to dig into that some more. Uh, Joey, you brought up My Fair Lady very early on in this sound of music. Uh, in this part, the sound of music. Is it kind of was your more or less your intro to, to musicals or just probably one? between yeah. that and sound of music? I remember I saw it in a film class in college and I was the only one who liked it and everyone got really mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just defended it endlessly. Let's see if we're going to have something similar here today. Uh, so that was fun. I really like the Eliza Doolittle part of this movie. Other parts of this movie yes. are extra and I, you know, whatever. But the, the Eliza Doolittle stuff, I love that storyline and arc. Okay. I'm going to tackle this thing here. Um, I'll start. I'm going to preface this just to get some perspective here. I, so when we covered these things, I've seen all the, all the Best Picture winners before. But I give them all a fair shake when we cover. We start it up again. I didn't, coming into the Best Picture cast, I didn't pre-rank. I didn't say, all right, this is my number one and this is my number 95 and we'll see if it changes. Like, I didn't rank at all. We're ranking as we go. I don't rank any movies that we haven't covered yet. Had I done a ranking before we started this, My Fair Lady would have easily been in the bottom five. Bottom five? Of all the movies. If you off the cuff, I would have said bottom five right there with Cimarron and Tom Jones. Okay. Um, That's where it would have been. Came in with the fair shake here today on this. I have to say, I I fell in love with this movie. Oh! Uh, 100%. I really, this movie really enchanted me this time around. I love that. And I couldn't have a more opposite take when I saw that this the first time. It's so funny. So I, I can't wait to talk about this thing. I'm, I'm, I lived in this all week. I watched Pygmalion. You did work. I watched the movie twice. I watched the making of. I, I really dug in with this. So I, I can't wait to talk. It sounds like we have different perspectives working here. There's a lot to discuss. There's a lot to go into this. So It's heavy. Um, yeah. No, there's a, a lot going on here. And it is kind of, you know, it's a little, like we said, a little bittersweet. It's our last musical. Cause it's a bummer. We've done a lot here. Like uh, from, And we've had some... Some interesting conversations and some turning of heads here in this thing, whether it was you know, Sound of Music, where Artie was just out of nowhere loved Fell in it. love. Yeah, and um, Oliver was a great conversation. Oliver Brendan is one that was on all the time when we were little. Yeah. That was kind of like a fan favorite coming in for me. And, you know, Grant wasn't so into this. I think Grant really doesn't like My Fair Lady either, so I'll, I'll definitely be... Uh, he's probably already rolling his eyes down. I'm sure. I'm sure there's like seven out. questions <laughs> from him, like... <laughs> I've ranked this low. Yeah. One, one, one. <laughs> yeah, so there'll be a lot of name dropping of Grant to this, and he he really doesn't like when I do that too. So well, that's so even we'll, funnier. We'll sure, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll trigger him a little extra here on this one. But no, we're we're gonna we're gonna get into it now. Any anyone want to throw anything out there before we do the old deep dive and get into it? Any other thoughts before we get started? No, we're ready to go. How much okay. did you think about Gigi? Uh, yeah, a lot of <laughs> Gigi and Oliver both definitely came to mind. No, she's all that. She's all Obviously that too. Obviously, she's yeah. all that. That's what I thought about. Yeah, that and uh, not another teen movie. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're headed back to the year 1964, and the U.S. president was Lyndon B. Johnson, took office in the wake of JFK's assassination on 11-22-63. Before assuming office, LBJ was both a member of the Senate and the House of Representatives, uh, representing the great state of Texas. 
He also served as the uh, Senate Majority Leader. From a military standpoint, he was sprung into active duty three days after the bombings of Pearl Harbor. He was a member of the U.S. Navy, um, and he reported directly to General MacArthur in Australia, spending most of his time in the World War II Pacific conflict, perhaps projecting his future interest in Vietnam. I ask you three today, Lyndon B. Johnson. Now, don't blurt it out. What does the B stand for in Lyndon mm. B. Johnson? Do you know it, or are you, is it going to be a guess? This is going to be a guess, okay. and I'm ashamed I don't know. I'm like, I feel like I'm confident, but my answer okay. feels wrong. Okay, so think of the answer in your head yep. and save it. Brendan, you're going to go first. Yeah, Byron. Okay. Aaron? That's so weird. That was what I thought, too. Okay, two Byrons. and Baines? Baines is correct. Ah. Lyndon Baines Johnson. Yeah. Byron's a good Ooh, guess there. Byron's really a great good. guess. Baines but, but, is an awesome middle name. Oh, that's why I was quite certain I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. I, I don't think it's that awesome. And I, oh, I think, I think that's cool. why he went with the B instead of Baines. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. You think by Yeah. Okay. I think, it's a great I think name. Baines is a cool name. Okay. Way cooler than Lyndon. <laughs> Oh, I disagree with that. <laughs> All right. We're disagreeing already here. I like this. I like it. Like President Baines well, luckily, Johnson is so much cooler than Lyndon B. Luckily, Aaron and I are trying to name a girl right now. Yeah. Yeah. Not a boy. <laughs> to fight over Baines or Lyndon. The 1964 World Series was a matchup between the two franchises who have the most championships in MLB history, and that would be the New York Yankees and the St. Louis Cardinals. Brendan, I know you and Aaron are both chomping at the bit to hear about the 1964 World Series. That's why they come. Um, That's why they come. I don't know. St. <laughs> okay. Louis Cardinals... Yes, and it uh, doesn't doesn't talk flashy to me. So well, the Yankees have tallied the most championships over all the other franchises. In '64, it was the Cardinals taking home the crown uh, in four games to three. They uh, they won Game Seven, seven to five, and uh, yeah, they edged out the Yankees there. Uh, the Yankees had appeared in 14 of the previous 16 World Series at this point but would not reach the Fall Classic again until 1976. This was the last time the top dogs in the MLB would meet in the World Series, at least at the time of this recording. Previously faced in 1926, 1928, 1942, and 1943. So we haven't had a Yankees-Cardinals World Series in 64. Wow. And the Yankees go through a drought then after the 70s. Yes. Yeah, the 80s is their roughest. roughest That's what's real ugly. Yeah, the 70s, yeah. they went a couple times with the Reggie Jackson. Yeah. Um, yeah, the there Mets. you go. Yep. The manager for the Cardinals was Johnny Keane. Interestingly enough, after the series, the Yankees fired manager Yogi Berra and hired Johnny Keane. So oh. They plugged him right off the team that beat them in the World Series. Camp smart, him. smart. Yeah, uh, Keane's job had been threatened toward the end of the season, but he kept it as the Cardinals went on a wild run at the end of the year to take the World Series. After winning the World Series, he said, uh, peace out, I'm going to the Big Apple. So... MVP for St. Louis is Bob Gibson. Hall of Famers for the Cardinals include Bob Gibson and Lou Brock. For the Yankees was Whitey Ford and Mickey Mantle. And the lack of uh, Yankee Hall of Famers there definitely shows that things were probably coming to an end there. Yeah. yeah. Usually when it's Yankee Hall of Famers, it's like... Uh, it's a list. Yeah, a long list I got to read off here. Like Korn's listening, one, like three speed, it still takes him a minute. <laughs> well, shout out to Korn's as he is a Cardinals fan. So Big Cardinals fan. Yes. All right. The number one Billboard song in 1964 mm-hmm. for the first time in BPC history. Oh, shit. We have a tie. Hey. We've never had a tie here before. And it's a tie between two Beatles songs. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Right off right. there. Uh, there. So uh, I'll, see if, uh, I'll see if Brendan can guess here. But wait, so... 
I don't know, their, their album output was weird. They had like their their UK releases and their US releases. So as far as in the US, they released like four albums in 1964, like right out. Oh, of the really? Yeah, I think yeah. they just like. Oh, is it's it the help, British invasion. It was help and hard days night. Was it that? Um, no, please uh, please me. No, so it's the the album the is Beatles. the album is is Meet the Beatles, right? Yeah. And then the the next one is called The Beatles' Second Album. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> one track is off Meet the Beatles, and one track is off. Uh, uh, the Beatles' second album. So, any guesses? Maybe what what the top track would be here. I want to hold your hand. That is one of them, Brendan. Very good. I want to hold your hand is one. How about the other one? And how about a hard day's night? No, not a hard day's night. Oh, I guess the same album. This would be. How about this? She loves you. Oh, oh yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would, yeah, yeah. I would not have guessed that. <laughs> yes, I want to hold your hand and she loves you. The top songs of 1964. <laughs> A British Invasion, indeed. Great songs. Needed help with the album naming, though. Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's so, just this like, is why you need Grant. That, that just, right, exactly <laughs> this is why right. you need Grant. Because so, so just my guess on that. So I, there's an interview with uh, Paul McCartney where he says, the Beatles refused to play in America until they got a top number one hit in America. Hmm. So, so once they finally got that hit in America, they went over and played, and I'm sure they had... Just blew up from yeah, there. Yeah, and show and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that just that just reeks like some some fat cat just like we're gonna call it the Beatles, meet the Beatles, yeah. and then it's gonna be the Beatles' second album. You know, <laughs> big cigar in his mouth. You know. Uh, okay, other number one hits from 1964. Some good ones here. Some real good ones here. We got Oh Pretty Woman by Ray Orbson. Yeah. Great. Well, shout out to Bradley Cooper. Stars born there too. We have uh, the Beach Boys with I Get Around. Great, great track. Dean Martin with Everybody Loves Somebody. Sometime. Yeah. Cool. The Supremes, a personal favorite here. Where Did Our Love Go? Oh, yeah. great song. Yes, great, Good great one. track. Great track. Dancing in the Street oh. by oh, Martha shit. and the uh, Vandellas. I thought that was a Van Halen song. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also the David Bowie yep. uh, Rolling Stone. Uh, Rolling Stone, yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, it's the Family Guy. Uh, makes be, there'll be yeah. some Family Guy talk here today. There's a lot of Family Guy talk yes. today. Uh, all right, let's see. I'm going to test you guys here on this one. Manfred Mann, do wah diddy. We know this one? All right, so let's see mm-hmm. why you got to do this. Here we go. Here she comes, just a walking down the street singing. Do wah diddy diddy dum diddy do. Good, Brendan. I wanted more of a choir going on there, but that's pretty good, though. Brendan crushed it. I thought everyone was with me, and then I'm like, uh-oh. We just left Brendan hanging, but he did great. She looked good. She, she looked look good. good. She looked fine. She looked look fine. fine. Look good. She looked fine. Okay, good, 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 good. Back up there. Well done. All right, uh, and then uh, finally, "Last Kiss" by J. Frank Wilson, which decades later would be oh, repopularized by Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. Jam. Yes, love that song. Oh, that song wow. breaks my heart every oh, great, time great I hear tune. it. Yeah, so I good. I had never heard the original. I listened to it last night. Really yeah. good. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah. My Fair Lady. Directed by George Kukar. It is starring Audrey Hepburn, Rex Harrison, Stanley Holloway, Gladys Cooper, among others. Yeah, Wilfred Hyde White in there too as uh, Pickering. Produced by Jack Warner. Screenplay and songs written by Alan Lerner. Based on a play written by Bernard Shaw. Uh, It was previously adapted sans music in 1938, the movie Pygmalion. Scores by an uncredited Andre Prevlin, though he did win the Oscar. He was uncredited in the movie, but wins the Oscar. That's kind of weird. That's that's a trivia question somewhere. Yes, that's right. We saw him do the score for Gigi in the past. Cinematography. A lot of connections. Yes. Cinematography by Henry, uh, Harry Stradling Jr., who also was the DP on the original adaptation of Pygmalion. So he really? did both movies. Yeah, oh, pretty, shit. pretty cool there. Um, 
Yeah, he's a legendary uh, director of photography. He was nominated 13 times with two wins. His other win was for the picture of Dorian Gray. Film editing by William H. Ziegler, who also edited Music Man, Strangers on a Train, and Alfred Hitchcock's Rope, which is the movie that's kind of presented in one take. Yeah. Art and set direction by Gene Allen, George James Hopkins, and Cecil Beaton. Costumes by Cecil, Cecil Beaton. Beaton. It was nominated for 12 Oscars. It was the winner of eight. Including Best Picture, Best Director, George Kukar, Best Lead Actor, Rex Harrison, Best Cinematography, Harry Stradling Jr., Best Score, Andre Prevlin, Best Art and Set Direction, Gene Allen, George James Hopkins, and Cecil Beaton. Best Costume Design, Cecil Beaton. So Big Cease takes home two this time around, and uh, Best Sound as well. Was nominated for but did not win Best Screenplay, Alan Lerner, Best Supporting Actor, Stanley Holloway, Best Supporting Actress, Gladys Cooper, Best Film Editing, William H. Ziegler. 7.7 7.7 on IMDb, not on the top 250 for IMDb. It was 91 on the original AFI top 198, but not included on the updated list 10 years later. Budget-wise, this is kind of fun. So it grossed, well, it had a $17 million budget, okay, which would be $174 million today. So this was yeah, an expensive big movie. Expensive movie here. Um, it grossed $73 million, which would be uh, $756 million today. So it's huge. Yeah. It's a big movie. Crazy. Right there. And so if that had come out today, $756 would have placed fifth in today's. Behind Barbie. Yes. Eris Tour. <laughs> What's that? Taylor Swift's Eris Tour. Uh, oh, yes. No, I can't, that, <laughs> that probably blew it all away. But yep. the ones I had ahead of it were Barbie, Mario Brothers... Guardians of the Galaxy and Oppenheimer. Um, yeah, so number one, number one right now, as, as we stand, is is Barbie. Well, this is for 2023, so not for 2024. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, the new yeah, Spider Verse. Uh, no, it didn't make top. Really? Well, it, it it didn't make more than 756, is what I'm saying. So 756 worldwide would have placed it there. So, uh, yeah, one is Barbie, two is Mario Brothers, three is Oppenheimer, four is Guardians of the Galaxy, and yeah, My Fair Lady would have slotted in fifth. In 1964, it was the second highest grossing behind Mary Poppins. Poppins. Yes, the other top fives were two Bonds movies, Goldfinger and From Russia with Love, and the fourth was Carpetbaggers. Never heard of that one. I don't even know what that is. Did not last stand the test of time. No, people dug it back then, though. My Fair Lady, here we go. All right, to start off with this one, I, I just... Living in my two experiences with it, where I was kind of closer to where Brendan is, and I just could not stand this movie when I first saw it. Uh, this probably about um, about seven years ago or so. This is toward the end. This is one of the last ones yeah. I had to watch to complete the list. You waited. So it was very much like appointment viewing, kind of similar to what it was for you, Brendan, here. You got to right. watch it for this podcast. I had to watch it to finish the list. And, you know, long three-hour movie deal. Wasn't feeling it. Wasn't into it. This time around, put my phone away. Sat there, really got lost in it. Yeah, I tried to have like the movie theater experience best I could in my uh, apartment here. I had the uh, 4K Ultra HD. Probably look great. DVD here. That was a very expensive revival. It really was. Yeah, now that, that's one of the things that I learned about it is, is that this, we almost lost this movie. Yeah. Um, completely. Oh, really? Yeah, it was the original film was, was all deteriorated and uh, they had never restored a, um, a uh, Super Panavision, yep. is what it's called, Super Panavision 70. Yep. And they had never attempted to ever to do one. It was, it was this, you know, kind of a, a newish thing that existed in the sixties, and you know, they're pretty much expected to be lost. And so, like hundreds of thousands of dollars later, yeah. wow. they yeah. saved it. Um, so that's why, if you the audio was one of the things that was in the worst shape. Yes. So if you see, there's moments throughout the film where the lip syncing is like a little. Yeah, I did off. notice that. Yeah, it's, 
they you, did their best to kind of make it happen. Well, you notice it the most when uh, Harrison sings because he's the only one with the mic in his. Yeah, he, he's well, the only one with the mic, so everybody else was lip syncing. So it really stood out his yeah. scenes. Yeah, he sung live because he yeah. did this on on uh, Broadway. On Broadway, so oh. um, you'll see him like kind of holding a, like yeah. a skull or something. That's where the mic is in the. And they put in his thing. tie, so he was on, and you'd see really see people off at other times where the lip syncing other times was a little tough, and that's where the restoration lost it a bit. Now, because I I didn't know any of this, um, what is the super panorama vision? So in the in the late fifties uh, and sixties, it was kind of a um, it was a it was a gimmick that they used for the theaters, where you kind of see things in a um, in a panoramic scope. Okay. So it, you're you're turning your head in it's the theater. Like pre IMAX. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the fifties sixties version of, of IMAX where you can kind of see things across the board. Uh, we covered around the world in eighty yep. days. That was like one of the first ones. And, you know, you watch it today and you're like, okay, why is the scene with the buffalo going on this long? Like you know, blew people's right, minds right. in theaters. Yeah. So what if you see, like, back then watching that, like, that horse racing scene. Um, Brendan thought they were cardboard. I was like, those are real horses. <laughs> yeah. He's like, are you sure? They're very fast cardboard. And then they go back by again the second time. Right. And he was like, oh, my God, they are real yes. horses. The first time they went by, it was, it was very fast. They almost looked like cardboard. Second time, they're yeah. obviously yeah. real horses. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... In the other scene where they're kind of showing the streets and they all freeze yeah. and the next person comes or something like that. That was spectacle. so cool. That, that, great. I thought that that, that part was like such a such like a small thing to add in, but it really made you pause and watch it. It was very cool to watch. Well, mm. and, and when I saw that scene too, I did get a little bit excited because I'm like, okay, this is a movie that's not trying to be a movie. It's almost trying to do Broadway in 3D. Mm. And that was interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you nailed um, that with it. That's kind of the. Yeah. It, this is this is a spectacle. You know, this was back then. You go to the theaters and you experience this thing. It's kind of what a, an Oppenheimer is yep. for us today, or a Barbie is for us today. Like this was their cultural phenomenon uh, back right. then. Communal experience, something to everybody talk about. And they were, you know, color. They're still trying to figure out all the different versions of color. And this was one they went and almost got lost. And when we're fifty years, sixty years later putting it on and analyzing it for something like this, it's important to remember that context. But the discussion becomes, you know, something like a, a Wizard of Oz, which was like a spectacle in the 30s, mm -hmm. right. still plays today. It's you can so throw it on. Yeah. It yes. could still be someone's favorite movie. It's so crazy to think that the Wizard of Oz was in the 30s. The 30s. I know. It's right? wild. It's yeah. wild. Anytime anybody ever brings that up, I'm always like, 1930s. Holy crap. Yeah. Like, yeah. It really is That's a timeless class. I want to be like, ah, it's the early 60s. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah. I know better, but it just doesn't make sense. My brain can't work that out. Then we talk about something like an Around the World in 80 Days, and at least for us or the ones that covered it, doesn't stand no. the test of time. Might have been a spectacle back then, might have been one of, but it's no one's mm. favorite now. Oh, you it's know? tough. Um, I think I was supposed to be on that one. Yeah, and, you got, and I was sick. You got oh, sick. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and I watched it, and it it was hard. <laughs> it made you sick, <laughs> right? Except Brendan loved Chariots of Fire, which everybody else yeah. was like, oh, "What no. in the world?" On, I had I, mean, I had to suffer through that one with him, and I wasn't even on the podcast. Well, when it comes down to it, I just about love everything from the eighties. So yeah, well, that's fair. You know, that's why that's the beauty of the pod. That's why we do this. Somebody too. has to like something. It's not interesting if we all bash it, exactly. right? Brendan liked it, and Joey, I think that's your least favorite movie ever, right? Still. <laughs> By far, 63, 64 movies in. It's last, make oh, him watch man. it again. He'll be, he'll love it. 
I have to watch it for the Revisionist <laughs> Almanac in May. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and you swore you never would again. I, so I know it, but then I it. committed to another podcast. So yeah. I'm going to be really mean to it somewhere else. That's how it works. Hey, you never know. Maybe you'll uh, like My Fair Lady. It'll, you'll change your perspective on it. Who knows? You never know. We use, it's the beauty of the pod. Um, that's why we watch. That opening shot of those flowers, that's when like it went off in my head. I'm like, okay, this is one of these spectacle films. Yeah. And this is one. Of, and then it showed the Panavision, you know. The Panavision deal there, so I'm like, all right, we're going to get ourselves into the around the world in 80 days mode. But um, the thing that that I wasn't ready for was how good the songs were. Yes, you know, um, and maybe I'm speaking for myself no, here, I but agree. I I, re- I think that there's no no I don't think it has a soundtrack like like Sound of Music or like Oliver, where top to bottom all the songs are great. There's no. there's some weak tracks here. There's some that could you know we could cut these from the album. Um, but I thought the top, at least two of these songs were two of the best songs that we've covered here in the podcast. And you know, coming into it, my memory was like it's a musical, but I liked the movie part of it more than the musical. I was like, ah, oh, the songs didn't really always... and I've seen this a bunch. The songs were the thing that stood out the most. Now, some we'll talk about. I just I actively did not like, but I think that there are pieces that shouldn't have been involved in this, so I mm-hmm. think that's okay. But like even the start like isn't it loverly? Like I don't remember that being that good or enjoying it as much yeah. as it did. Like I thought that was great in this piece. It's 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 based in simplicity, you know, simplicity, and it's fantastic. Yeah, um, Brendan and Aaron, were there songs that that can't get you? Like, oh, this is from this. Like, uh, yes, I started singing. I, <laughs> I, I was. It was um, the the get me to the church on time yeah. and yeah. the um, with a little bit maybe. With a little bit of luck. No, I could have danced all night. I could have danced all night. I started singing it, and I was like, I know this song. This is so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Those were the three, I think, that that really... Get Me me to the Church on Time was awesome. (laughs) I was like this... I was like, oh my God, wait, this is his bachelor party. Like, and and like, didn't didn't expect it to be in there. Just like, oh, you've got... It could have been cut, but it was fun. Extra time and extra money. Like we'll 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 always take your money now, Mister Doolittle. And then he just like comes back and he's like, I got a little extra time. <laughs> and then you realize like the way that they did the sets was so cool because initially I thought that they were in that same bar, but they changed the color of the sets. They're bar hopping yep. around yeah. London, yeah. and it, it took me a minute before I realized I was like, oh no, they're like going all over yeah. the place. It was hysterical. Yeah, I think I turned to you and I'm like, this is a bachelor party. <laughs> so funny. I, I This is, so I think one of the complaints that people uh, make about musicals is that there's, oh, you know, these songs and there's these overly long, drawn out numbers. If there's ever been an appropriate song to be overly long and drawn out, it's this one, because at the end of it, you want them to be like, oh God, we got to get to the church. We've been, yeah, <laughs> we've been singing right. and dancing literally kill about 10 hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah he's going to be late. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> and I love that they, they carry him off like he's like going to his funeral. Yeah. Yes. That was right. the flower. It's a funeral. Yeah. It's a funeral arrangement. It's amazing. Like we've seen that in like movies all over the world. So good. I, Aaron, I agree. I loved the hell out of that number. It was it, a great change of pace. It was brilliant. Uh, just, yeah, it's so much fun. And and that actor just crushed it too. Yeah. He Alfie. was also on. The only the- one like singing, singing. Uh, like Rex Harrison, like spoke sung. Yeah. The Alfie, he sung everything on his own. And they're the two that did it on yep. Broadway. Yes. Right. The, everyone else was, was a hired hand. So the two, the songs that I was referring to being the two top is Isn't lo- isn't It Loverly that you mentioned and I Could Have Danced All Night, uh, mm-hmm. Aaron, um, for sure. Now, Isn't It Loverly, when that came on the first time, that's when I knew, oh, this is 
going to be a little bit of a different experience. Yeah. I, I became, you know, here come the eye rolls on the South Shore of Long Island from uh, the, the, the Grand Sea Studios. I got a little emotional during the, I was like, I was because of the simplicity. To cry. She's not, she's like, I just want some chocolate and be warm. Yeah, like, <laughs> and, and it's beautiful. And, and the, the beauty of it to me was, is that it's a sad song. Yeah, very. In a sad setting. And she's singing it with such, you know, with such hope and such yeah, happiness. She's, and she's, you know, she's loving life, even in her state. And she doesn't need anything simple, but the longing for it mattered. And I, I, you know, I was getting a little emotional watching it. And then I'm sitting there like, all right, maybe I'm just in one of those weird moods or whatever. Sure. But I'm doing the rewatch. And when they reprise it in oh, the end, be, now I'm crying. That, that, I'm like, what I was that got me so bad on the rewatch. Uh, yeah. The, like, the crushed me. Was beautiful, and it was like very simple. And she like wasn't even really singing it. It no. was it was just like a backtrack yep. around it, and it that was awesome. Oh, man, yeah, they're singing in the back, and she buys the flower from the from the oh, girl yeah. selling, and they don't remember her. And when she's they're trying like, to warm her hands, and she's and the guy's like, "Oh, I thought you look like yeah, someone," and she's familiar. like, "Yeah, but you're not." Just her face is wonderful. So yeah. crazy. Yeah, really good stuff. Loved that whole set too. That that uh, that area there. Oh yeah, yeah very cool. That's Especially the time true. of day it was, where they were like getting ready, so we got to re see that it was cool. Yeah. yeah, the set the sets are the most amazing thing in this movie. It's mm-hmm. um, they do the long shots. They'll walk through a city street. You can see how big the set is. It's yeah. it's it's pretty amazing. And it, and again, it's not trying to be a movie set. It's trying to be a a play Broadway play set. That's a good point. It's, it's very. Um, you know it's not real, but you know it's, you know. But it feels lived in somehow, too. Yeah, right, right. And, you know, I think we take for granted the fact of how, you know, how kind of, not not that it's easy and not that it's cheap and not that it's super, you know, available to everyone, but you can get to Broadway from any, you can be in Southern California and say, hey, I'm going to take a fly to New York and yep. go to Broadway. Um, I, in the 60s. No. If you weren't from New York or the area, and even if you were, maybe you couldn't afford it. It's it's Broadway was kind of a thing, right? You know? And now and, they travel and do these things. It used to be local theater or Broadway, like it was yeah. such a different thing. Yeah. So until, really, until probably the eighties or so, yeah. it wasn't that available for people to, to get and go. So the seventies, and then think about the expense. It, yeah, it's right. Probably still expensive. It's so inc- incredibly a, expensive now. Right. Yeah. So I had the price of a flight to it, or the price. Uh, right. We get to take a train. train. We're spoiled. Yeah, right. so someone in the '60s get, getting to experience Broadway on the big screen like this is a is a big deal. Yeah, back then. So especially something like this that was so big, mm. and you know, from very famous playwrights, and there's just a lot to it that you get to now experience. Yeah, I, I mean, I think with the movie like this, and just speaking to my two experiences, having you know, first time seeing it, and not liking it at all, like literally ranking it toward the bottom of the list, and now where I'm at with it here, where I'm, you know, uh, I'm discussing it with some of the best musicals we've covered here um i think you have to you have to allow yourself to be enchanted yes. by a movie like this but it's just like it's, with any musical right yeah. like you just have to say like the rules are different just have fun with it right it's just like if you watch a superhero movie if you watch anything other than a straight up narrative you have to let the rules go a little bit and just have fun yeah and like i'll, I'll, I'll to make a to make an analogy or a comparison here like comparing it to say say Magic Kingdom at the Disney World, okay? You could go and be like, oh god, this place is overcrowded. It's expensive. There's crying babies everywhere. You know, that you know, the, 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 you know, I'm getting. I feel like I'm getting sick. Oh, is this? You know, this is over, so tired. Just it's hot. It's humid. I think I just saw serial killer over there. Like this, this get me out of this place. You know, 
Or you go in and it's the most magical place on earth. You yeah. know, you can allow yourself to be enchanted by it. And it's a matter of perspective. And listen, I'm as guilty as anyone. Like, it's, I, I, you could probably say the same thing about, about a David Lynch movie with me. You know, sure. I sit there with my arms folded and say, I don't want to okay. watch a, a tin can uh, humping a turnip. You know, it doesn't do anything for me. You know, so. We could discuss that later. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but your point is correct. Like, not everything has to work for everybody, but like, I think part of it is just letting yourself get into it and let yourself see if it works for you, not just shutting it down at the door. Yeah, it requires a suspension of Huge. self. Huge. And uh, you have to submit to the enchantment. That's and, how I look at it. And that's a, to be said about any musical. Mm. Yeah, understand. Yeah. yeah, so that's. Not specific to this. To this no, but when they're so. three hours and you really need to <laughs> and, and yeah. very British. Yeah, you know, very you know, British. Yeah. But I think yeah. this one's sorry, running you. But but with that said, so my point is that that okay, I'm suspending all these things. You better grab me. You know, Fair. you better enchant me because I've I've suspended my belief and my <laughs> and my right. complaints at the door. Enchant me. Right. Yeah. Now do your job. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, Brendan, where were the elements of this movie that lost you where it didn't deliver so there's an element here that that isn't fair to the to the movie itself because it was made in 1964 and it Mm -hmm. should be judged on the basis that it's 1964 from 1910 but there's there's moments in this movie and one of the songs is why can't a woman be more like a man and 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 without even getting into the politically correctness portion of that there's things in there that I watch and I go, oh, this is supposed to be funny, and and there's there's you know, you know uh, jokes in the in the lyrics of the song and I'm like, oh, that's supposed to be funny, and it's I almost feel like a robot watching it because I'm like, it's not funny, and I'm not laughing, and not I'm not offended, and I'm saying I'm offended necessarily, but it's just not funny. It's it, to humor on today's standards isn't there. And meanwhile, in 1964, you probably had people in the stands cracking up, like, and it's, and it's like, okay, so this was funny back then. It's not now, and <laughs> and um, it didn't age well. And before we were talking about the Wizard of Oz, which we can't even believe was made in the 30s, it's a timeless classic. This one doesn't qualify. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, because I mean, like that song is what I think of, and like everybody just talking about, like, ah, just hit her. Like that stuff. Yeah, it's right. like, yeah. it's like, yeah, that's not funny. Right. It's and like, yeah. a, like when Alfie says, like, oh, just the bell, blah, blah. Like, yeah, it's not funny. And yeah. again, it was, it's 1964. It's about 1910. Like, I'm not going to get upset about it, but it doesn't hit. Yeah. Right. Aaron, how about for you? I, the only thing that really got under my skin is a little bit more of, uh, it definitely had to do with a lot of like the sexism issues of, of ob- the obvious. But I didn't like the whole the aspect of the um, Higgins and uh, Pickering. Pickering, the two of them together, their like whole dynamic was very confusing. And there was like a few times where I like looked at Brendan, I was like, "Does he live there too? <laughs> like, are they?" He moved like, in after that first night. I was so yeah. confused. And then later on, when he gets mad at him and he's like, oh, I'm going to go to the home office. And it's like, so he does have his own house. I thought he was a colonel. Like, where are you coming from and going to? <laughs> and then I like looked at Brendan. I'm like, are they gay? Are they together? Like, but obviously that wouldn't have come yeah, up. I was that like, this, that's not he's the like, case. there's no way that that would have even been touched on in that day and age. And then their whole, his whole spiel about being 
a, a forever bachelor and not wanting to like even pay any attention to women and that like how annoying that they are and they talk too much and the whole scene with the gramophones, which I've I've had situations with exes where they're like, I can't stand to be in the house with you when you have your girlfriends over because I don't want to listen to you all talk to each other. The squawking. And it was a little bit like triggering to me where I was like, <laughs> oh my God, where he turns all the gramophones on at the same time. And I'm like, I hate this guy. And it really started this whole thing where it, the entire thing, I thought he was going to have a redeeming quality in his arc. And he never did. Yeah. I did not like him from start to finish. That's a good. That's so, a good point. I'm gonna jump the gun with one of our Twitter questions because oh. I think this is important. This is an important discussion to have in the meat of this thing, uh, uh, pertaining to exactly what Aaron's talking about. And, and Pickering, I thought, was darling. He was yes. very nice. He was a yeah. gentleman. And I love the way it all ended with him, where she was like. He treats me like this, so that's yeah. how he looks at me. Higgins looks at me like this because that's how he treats me. Like it was what was I think her I a, a flower mind. girl. Okay, so this this question is from the aforementioned Grant Z um, that he he sent in, and uh, he asks, and I'll, I'll read I'll read Grant's question, and then I'll propose a question of my own here. So Grant asks, do you think Professor Henry Higgins belongs in the category of? Garbage person that the movie wants us to root for. Okay, so that's what that's what Grant asks. Now I'll ask a similar question. Do you think the movie wants us to root for him? I mean, no. I'll, I'll say no. And and I said this to Aaron last night when we were done. The character has no character arc. He's the same guy in the beginning that he is in the end. The, the movie didn't uh, even do, attempt do you, to. Do you think that the audience is supposed to be okay with that? It's my question. I think the reason for Pickering is because we're not supposed to root for Higgins because this is Eliza's story with Pickering as the morality. What do you think? Um, I like that idea of it. I don't think that you're really supposed to root for him. I think that a big part of the whole thing with Higgins is I think that you're kind of supposed to look like him, look at him like he's he's kind of an asshole through yeah. through the yeah. entirety of it and he's supposed to be having this uh like idea of oh i could turn anybody into this great person and you can change the way that someone speaks and you can change the way that uh someone has an accent and carries himself and has manners and whatnot what was shocking to me this is going a little awry here how is his mother his mother? There was a disconnect there, majorly. I agree. Yeah. Because his mother was a wonderful, Great. well-to-do, eloquent, wonderful woman. Loved her. And he was, I don't know, a child. Like, yeah. And, I, you know, his whole idea of, like, if we, you know, like, he has the language, but he's shallow behind that. Eliza yeah. has substance to her, but she doesn't have the language. So once she gets it, now she's tricking everybody that she's royalty, where he's not doing that because he's always just an asshole. Right. So I think that's, you know, the kind of the larger point of it. Like, you, there has to be more to it than just the way you speak. Absolutely. And he lacks that because his mother is a great example of that because she speaks well, but she's wonderful. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and the point, too, is you can change the way you look. You can take the dirt off your face. You can change the way you speak. But that's not going to change who you are. Exactly. You could um, polish anything. It doesn't make it great. Yeah. yeah. This is based on a play called Pygmalion. Yeah. Right. And the title Pygmalion 
is comes from Greek mythos. So it's, yeah. a, it's a Greek myth. And Pygmalion, Grant, Brendan, are you? Uh, am I? Am I giving you a lesson on on mythology yes, for you once? Are, wow! Yeah. Usually Pygmalion you have the it's great the, Greek mythology, the Sanskrit out, and you're yeah. telling us about some some uh, uh, some some old. Uh, 17th century author or something, but uh, no, this would be great. Greek myths a long, long before uh, any of that. So Pygmalion is a, um, a character in Greek mythology who wants to create his ideal woman out of clay, I think. Yes. Is what molds it out of mm-hmm. clay. Okay. Now, in the in the movie, there's literally an opening title card that like tells you all this, which is the extent of my knowledge of this Greek myth. <laughs> this is what I read in the title screen of the movie. Um and essentially what, and they, they don't tell you this part, but how the, the, the myth ends is, is that he creates the ideal woman and she leaves him. Yeah. She, she, yeah. she grows above and beyond him and leaves him behind. So it's, it's a okay. bit of a tragedy in that sense, well, the great, uh, at like, least from his perspective. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're going to have a talk about the ending of this film and how it worked and what we think, where we think things ended up and, and whatnot from here. But this is like, the Pygmalion character is not supposed to be, he's not supposed to really win in the end. Now, whether he does or doesn't in this movie, we'll, I guess we'll discuss. But I, I don't know that we're supposed to like him. I think, yeah, I don't. and, and th- the way he talks, like he is just a condescending, demeaning prick, like yeah, the whole movie. Right. Um, there were some elements of that, that there were some quippy one-liners that actually cracked me up a little, a little but bit. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. He definitely had, but I at, wish I wrote them down. At no point am I like, this is the guy where no, I'm supposed no, to, like, yeah. and, no way. And just on that, I guess a contrast to that, to to the Greek mythology there, is that he's, his creations, she's she's good anyway. He's not creating her into being, right. into being beautiful and good. He's just creating her to be proper. Socially acceptable. Yeah. But and, her goodness is inherent. And and you have the the guy, I forget his name. Um, Zoltan. Zoltan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Zoltan, who's a horrible person, Awful. and slimiest motherfucker. He's now taught Zoltan these skills to make him even more horrible. Yeah, yeah. you know. So he's he's. But that, that's that's exactly that's a great point because you can make them whatever, but if you're a scumbag, you're still going to be the scumbag. Right. When you're Eliza, you're going to go above and above everybody. Right. His skills. Putting you in proper society, and if you're a good person, you can do really great things. And if you're a bad person, you can do really bad things. <laughs> the, what, what do they call him? The imposter? Damn it! They have like a funny phrase for him. I forget what it is. Like the imposter finder. A couple of a couple of uh, lines I jotted down here from old Henry Higgins. Uh, one is from the opening song here. Is a, a great line. By right, she should be taken out and hung for the cold, bloody murder of the English tongue. Yeah. Gre- uh, the, uh, the, the talk singing. Uh, yeah, very uh, very James is. Cagney. Very, uh, I'm a Yankee doodle dandy. <laughs> Yankee doodle do or die. Um, yeah, another one here too is, she's so deliciously low, so horribly dirty. Just, and now, did that, does his voice sound like anyone to you? Any... Uh, Possible cartoon character that may have... Uh, yeah, that's what I was leading. I know the answer. He is the basis. Scar? He's the basis for Stewie Griffin. Yeah. Oh, From my. Family Guy. They they used oh, wow. Rex Harrison as a model for Stewie Griffin from yep. Family Guy. The baby in Family Guy. Uh, ridiculous. Yeah. Said by Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, that was the basis. And yeah. there is a couple of episodes where they spoof. Oh, yeah, pretty heavily. Uh, yeah, he said it was, uh, it was Rex Harrison with a little bit of Mr. Burns in him. That <laughs> sure. was what, yeah. how they came up with him, so... 
Um, pretty yeah, and, and when you know it and you're watching, you're like, oh, this is Stewie Griffin. This it's is, a little, uh, especially when he's singing that song about how much he doesn't like women. I'm just thinking about Stewie being like, oh, yeah. why can't guys just hang out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he lets out a good ha to it <laughs> in the end there. To just sound just like him. Oh, um, yes, but uh, Rex Harrison. Uh, I gotta be honest here with this, and and this was one of my obstacles in this film because the performance aside and character aside. This may be my Hollywood hot take uh, for the for the uh, the day here. Uh, I was going to say evening, but this is a rare daytime recording here. Very yes. rare. Only, I am. only one other BBC episode has been recorded. And I only did day. a run in that day. Uh, the artist yeah. is the only one. Yes. So the artist and uh, my fair lady. Here we go. My Hollywood hot take. I I can't stand Rex Harrison. I don't like him as an actor. I don't. He drives me crazy. Um, and I was trying to figure out like why, like what, because I, I recently watched David Lean's The Blith Spirit, and he's the star in that. And uh, by the end, of it, I'm like, I just can't take this guy anymore. He's just he's killing me. Um, and I figured it out. Oh, he's Miss, he's Doctor Doolittle from the Doctor Doolittle movie. Uh, and I oh, is he really? Stand that movie I as a kid. I hate <laughs> that movie. It was, it was always on. And like when you're when you're little, like you can't change the channel. You know, so you're kind yeah, of just stuck watching whatever they put in front of you. Hated that. And I'm watching the 60s Dr. Doolittle. I'm like, oh, man. Oh. I'm like five, and I'm like, I can't stand this guy. Well, when <laughs> when will I have a platform where I can let the world know? <laughs> One day I'm going to be on this radio-adjacent product. <laughs> but you know what's funny about that is that finally then when Eddie Murphy comes in and does Dr. Doolittle, you're like, finally, someone who does it right. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, great one. And that and, wasn't even a good movie. No. But and Eddie then, and then they had... Uh, and then they had... Um, Downey Jr. Downey Jr. Downey Jr. Yeah, and I hated awful. it again. Yeah. I didn't even bother watching that. Don't. It's CGI yeah. animals all over no, the place. Everyone loves Eddie Murphy and Dr. Doolittle. It's a perfect fit. Yeah, but so so Rex Harrison. Now, if you're going to not like an actor... You need it to be here. This isn't a bad role for an actor you don't like to play because it's... It, you're, you know, to, to go opposite of what Grant says, I think that the movie wants you to actively not like him. Like, I think if he's likable, this is a problem because you can't side. You have to be a hundred percent invested in Eliza. That's why when like the maids sing, like when they start with like poor Mister Higgins, but when this sweet gets into like poor Eliza, like that's the movie. Uh, Professor Higgins. Oh man, to put that on the uh, on the cut list. Up. <laughs> oh, movie not song stand, needs to go. Not stand that. But um, yeah. but the point of that. Oh, Professor Higgins. Yeah. Uh, Brennan, your wheels are turning over. Brennan doesn't remember that part no, at all. I think that's the song that I kept falling asleep at. I'm like, I don't think me. that's inappropriate, actually, then. I'm not going to kill you on that. I think the movie wants you to think he's funny. Like, I yes. think it wants, like Brennan, like you said, it does. it is playing to humor and, make, and laugh. Right. But you're not rooting for it. And, and the lack of chemistry between the two of them, pretty obvious yes. and pretty apparent. Listen, I'm not, you know, you're, I'll be the last person in the world to criticize May-December type relationships or anything like that. You're not going to hear that out of me. Um, but he's too old for this role. I'm sorry. He's, he's too old for this role. He's, he, he looks as old as his mother in this. He's like, like yeah. I saying before, right? I don't, I don't think he looks as old as his mother. Yeah? Yeah, oh, okay. I don't think so. But he, he looks older. I mean, he's definitely... So this was part of my issue with like the whole storyline and the lack of him having any character arc. I thought that they, at the end, I was like, oh, okay, so he's going to fix her up and then she's going to fall in love with this Freddy guy and then they're going to end up together and then she's going to decide, no, she actually likes Higgins and she's going to end up falling in love with Higgins and then Higgins is going to fall in love with her and they're going to end up together. And then I'm like... 
no, none of that freaking happened. Yeah. And then, and then at the end, it's like, okay, she comes in and you expect her to have this like epic, like, oh, well, I'm back. And he's listening to her, her old accent on the gramophone. And she walks in and he's just like, all right, make my tea and then goes to sleep. And I'm Where like, my slipper. Yeah. I was like this yeah. mother. <laughs> I was like, I, I was right, so, so let's, mad. Let's hold that thought because I want to have a discussion at the ending. Yeah. I want to do okay. that in a bit. I wanted to throw this out out there because I couldn't help but, but think of this when watching this movie. How much this film influenced Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, there were a bunch of things that came out in this thing that I looked at and said, wow, that is like straight out of... We mentioned one with the poor Professor Higgins, yeah. the Oompa Loompas, you know, kind of singing and watching they above work. and lurking up on the top. Yeah, okay. um, the uh, say it to uh, uh, don't say it to me. The number where she's singing with Freddie, show me. Oh, show me, show yeah. me. That like put that song right up next to who's the spoiled girl in the red dress? Veruca. Ver- uh, yes, Veruca. Yeah. Give it to me now, and even the, the choreography, the throwing the the oh. paper. It's and the songs are very very similar. Interesting. He's got the Willy Wonka purple jacket on at, at one point too. And then the other one is in the very beginning. You have the guy that looks just like Slugworth with the glasses and the hat. Go. Oh. That guy over there is writing something down about you. You know, it's the everlasting gobstopper here. Take it. Yeah. Thought it was um, a detective, but it's just a weird linguist. <laughs> Uh, I just thought I just found that funny. It's like this is so Wonk is probably I think like seven years later or so. That's it. I thought it was even a little bit more. It would make sense though that this and like the it's, Gigi style of music yeah. would be influential on Wonka. Other songs that stood out for you guys in this one? The Rain that in we Spain. We haven't brought up yet. Oh. Yeah, it's a big, I fucking love the rain in Spain. I didn't yes. like that. I love that. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, can you come up with another line here, people? The wife of the knife. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that got me. And then when he's uh, she got it, I was in. In. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, Brendan, any other songs that stood out for you? That... So, so this is the funny thing is I do like musicals, but uh, the music didn't. It didn't do it for you. Blow me back. Interesting. Yeah. The the songs that came in that I knew when I didn't know where they were from, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I remember this song. Yeah, but they didn't draw yet. Draw yet. No, anything. no. And that, at, that's usually the opposite of what happens. Sure. So I, when we do these, I don't like to crowdsource uh, out there before these things. I like to have my own thoughts and go there. But there are some of these 50s, 60s movies where it's tempting to just throw them out there to our dad, Brendan, uh, or throw it out to specifically our Uncle Greg, because he's yeah. always got some sort of hot take. And sure enough, he certainly did, and I loved it, and and I'm just was really happy I asked him. So I, I go, uh, and 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 listeners may uh, remember uh, Uncle, uh, our Uncle Greg from the Out of Africa episode where we talk about his uh, his love for the soundtrack of the, of the movies. Brendan, I think he gifted you the record. He of, did, yes. yeah. yeah. So I go, uh, my fair lady. He goes, oh, yeah. He's like. Uh, you know what my favorite song from that movie is? And I'm like, okay, he's going to say one of the ones that Sinatra covered. He's going to sing it. And I'm expecting one of the big ones. He goes, in the streets where you live. Yeah. And I'm like, in the streets you live? Oh. <laughs> oh, I like that one. Though. And he's like, he starts like belting it out. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, right. He's like, you know why it's great? It's because just all of a sudden everybody leaves the stage and some guy who's barely in the movie comes out and just sings a song with nobody else on set. It's completely random and it's a, it's a great song and I love it. And I'm like, wow. wow. <laughs> That's actually a really great point. It and is, yeah. I, and I do actually like that. So that was the one I actually I, liked. I really like that song yeah. too. Yeah. That, I feel, Stalker song? 
Yeah, the stalker song. I liked the stalker song. Joey LVP Canada. Uh, but that is one that I thought I knew or I'd heard Your uncle that sung song. it to you for years. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing. I, I know that Sinatra does... Um, could have danced all night. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing he may do that one too. Oh, I'm, really? I'm guessing yeah. there's probably versions of that. So that's one of the ones I didn't look up because I didn't sure. think it was. It pissed um, me off. But it, it does remind me of, you know, if anyone who's, who's seen the band Kiss live before, I'm sure no one in this room has, so I'm just going to run with it myself here. When you see Kiss, at one point, the band leaves and the drummer, come, the drummer Peter Chris, who's the one with dressed like the cat, he comes out. <laughs> with the rest of Ben Leeds and he just sings a song uh, and it's like what is going on here and he sings Beth which is like, oh, one of their better uh, songs stalker songs yes. <laughs> yeah. and it's like and he's got a rose in his bed and he sings Beth to the crowd yeah, it's like, only, wow, wow this is extremely weird and wonderfully charming what is going on right now I mean I guess uh, if you so, only have two good songs you just sing one by yourself <laughs> oh jeez we got Kiss Shrapnel going I on I like uh, Paul Rudd's version better than yes, <laughs> yes of course yes, yes. wonderful movie um, role, role models, models. Yes, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, oh God. Did, did anybody... What was everybody else's Freddy arc? Because when we beat <laughs> Freddy at the horse races, I was big fan of Freddy. By the end, I had a visceral reaction to this loser stalker sitting out there just like, I'm just going to wait forever because I'm so rich, I don't have to do anything. And I'm pathetic. And please, okay, yeah, take me there. Oh, you're going to leave me for this ancient man? I suck. Like, the, the, the downfall of Freddy. Like, my first note in Freddy is like, oh, I really like him. I like the... Like, he was finding her funny. And what a fucking failure of a person. Erin <laughs> is, so, is stunned right I think, <laughs> No, I think that's hysterical. But Freddie actually, that's not the first part that he's in the movie. In the beginning, in when the he beginning, gets into the cart with his mom. Yeah, when he gets in the cart with yeah, his mom. Because he can't and, find a date by himself, he has to take his mom. He knocks, uh, They, I guess the, either he or the mom knocks into her flowers and she's yeah, like, that's she a does. day's wages. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they walk away, and you yep. expect to never see them again. And then there they are. And then he's in love with her, and he doesn't even remember that he clown climbed all over her and knocked her into the dirt in the beginning. I texted Grant uh, on my rewatch of this, uh, and I I don't discuss these even with people on, who aren't on the pod. I don't, but I did send this one text, and I said, "Oh boy, Freddie, uh, like <laughs> he is like a gazelle running across the Joey R LVP meadows during feeding time. He's oh, getting." <laughs> He's in trouble here. This one. There's like a vein in my neck I didn't know exist. It's like when he said, I'm going to stay here forever, and the next time we see him, it's just midnight and he's sitting in a suit by himself. Oh, uh, yeah. Like this fucking Yeah, Grant guy. goes, Oh, yeah. He's not, uh, he's not going to make it. Yeah. And, uh, and I, yeah, we just kind of just said, you know, um, simps, cucks, and sad boys don't, don't do well in the Joey R department. No, pathetic <laughs> clowns do not, I cannot support. I do love that they fully embrace the stalker, like, uh, view from yes. the back. They, like, are looking at It's like at serial him. killer angle. Yeah, they're looking at him in the dark, <laughs> yes. through the darkness, through the gate, with, like, all the trees in 100%. the way. And then they zoom in, and then he's like, and here's my song. <laughs> Uh, oh, I love that. Yeah, the voyeuristic it's shot great. there. Yeah. yeah, great, great cinematography. Like a serial killer, like the Freddy serial killer movie, like that's the shot you start with. The actor is Jeremy Brett. Yeah, well, uh, hope that's his that only one. thing. Uh, <laughs> one other little, uh, little, just, I also brought this up to dad, Brennan, uh, my fair lady, and he goes, my fair lady, oh, okay, uh, hmm. Yeah, he didn't, didn't like bring any bells or anything. Yeah. And I'm, like, I, uh, then he like, asked him, is like, that the one where they, the, they teach the, uh, the girl had to speak, and my candy goes, oh, it's you know. And then I tell him the Uncle Greg's story about the streets where he lived, and he goes, oh. And then all of a sudden, he starts just rattling off the lyrics to um, uh, uh, I Hate You, Henry Higgins, or, um, or <laughs> just like 
and, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then I start talking. He goes, no, no, no. And then he gives like the second verse, and I'm like, what? You know, wow. like he goes, uh, he goes, this, this, my sisters had this. My older sisters had this soundtrack, the record, wow. when you're younger, and I would just listen to oh, it all wow. day when I was <laughs> I was little. Wow. It was, we didn't have a lot of records, but they had, we had that one, and I just loved the songs. And he then, oh, then he starts remembering every single song. Sure. It's really like, just had to just open that one little locker in his brain, and it all just came out. Wow. Uh, what is it that uh, don't. Uh, just you wait, Henry Higgins, right? Just you just wait, you Henry wait. Higgins, just you wait. It's, it's, yeah, he just oh, was just God. firing off the lyrics like, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, his sisters probably, probably played it over and over <laughs> again, and it's just in his brain for yep. the rest of his life. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's funny how that works. I do like that song, too. That's a cool, I, I like the little dream sequence with the uh, Great the king and the, uh, what, what do you call the uh, the British soldiers with the with the hat, the furry hats? Uh, they're... They uh, uh, beef eaters. Yeah. Beef eaters. There you go. I was picturing the liquor Me too. bottle. That's what I was like. I was looking at the I gin. Like, uh. I was like, "There's the gin bottle. I see him. What the hell's the name of that?" Oh boy. But I love that when you went into it, like she spoke the way she will. Like that was all really cool. Yeah. We have. We're an hour into this thing, and we haven't talked to Audrey Hepburn. So I, I think it's time here. Erin, uh, I'll let you take the ball and run with it. Or... I love Audrey Hepburn. Um, I as as a fashion student, um, I absolutely love Audrey Hepburn. I my roommate from college was like the biggest Audrey Hepburn fan in the world. I used to come home from being out out late, and she'd she'd be watching a Breakfast at Tiffany's on repeat. Um, she was absolutely incredible in this movie. I absolutely hated her street accent <laughs> it was it was hard yeah it was pretty it was pretty hard to to stomach it well you hated um, it because it was good or you hated it because it wasn't good you know it, too it, over the top. it was too over the top yeah. oh, okay. it was it was a little like too much the uh the like ah of it all uh a lot of the crazy thing that I said to Brendan when she made this face at her dad I was like she has the longest tongue I've ever seen <laughs> there's a, a brings us right back to kiss there we go. <laughs> there we go. Full, circle. full circle um but she was absolutely incredible I also thought that it was definitely something that they did purposefully as her accent got better they started adding little bits of more makeup and made her look a little bit prettier and prettier as her voice and mm -hmm. like everything got better, mm -hmm. which I thought was like kind of an interesting thing. But she was she was absolutely incredible in this but, start to finish. But this brings me right back to not another teen movie is that <laughs> <laughs> I like how he skips right past uh, the, the Rachel Lee Cook one and goes uh -huh. to not another teen movie. <laughs> Spoof! <laughs> but where they're like where they're like oh no 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 not her she wears overalls with paint yeah. and glasses. No the not ponytail. her. Yeah. The, uh, the, the ponytail. Yeah, the ponytail. Yeah. Can't make Wait. her the prom queen. Like, <laughs> but it's like I, I don't I don't munch at screams I just like scary movie. Oh man. <laughs> But still, it's like you have Audrey Hepburn, and you're telling me she talks weird and she's got dirt on her face. Like, you're never going to make her the uh, the belle of the ball. Well, she washed her hands and face. She, she did. <laughs> she finally did. It was with kicking and screaming. I mean, a rabies-like reaction to water. <laughs> that was absolutely wild. I, I said to Brendan, I'm like... Okay, so they bring her in to, to bathe her. She's never seen a bathtub before, like ever. <laughs> yeah. That was... You know, and there is things, and I I think it predates... Like, I mean, this is, is taking 1800s... 
1910. I would take place 1910. Yeah. So what I'm going to say totally predates it, but the, before bathing, they, they they weren't sure bathing was healthy, so they just put oils. On it was oils, and then they like scraped, right? Ugh. They right. scraped the oil. But I think yeah. that was before 1910. That was way earlier than yeah. that. Yeah. Because they, at this point, they were able to make water hot. So, right. but that's yeah. So I think that was. I, to, to your point, Brendan, about the, the ponytail and the sun, the the, uh, the eyeglasses <laughs> and the paint on the overalls, um, I, I do think there's a class thing, yes. a class structure thing going on. That anyone from that right. walk of life uh, is just not going to be not even have held given a in chance. any sort of regard, regardless right. of what they look like. Well, and, and I knew that, and I and I did understand that in watching it, um, and I think that's another thing that kind of gets lost in time. Is that the the ability to speak properly was held in such high regard, even into the '60s, you know, and and they're dating back to 1910 when it was probably more so in 1910 and the '60s. Now it's almost the opposite, where you speak proper and with the correct grammar, you get stuffed in your locker. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> and 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 on all levels of uh, of life, yes, you know, yeah. it's like who's the guy who uses the word whom properly? <laughs> But, you know, it's, it's so much about education and access to things. So that's what it was all about. That's right. why he was able to pinpoint where you live because it was based on money you'd have. Yeah. Yeah. Audrey Hepburn and her performance in this spring. Oh, she's awesome. She's always awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, we talked, I, or I talked about Rex Harrison being too old. Uh, Audrey, Audrey Hepburn is 34? 35. Play, 35 wow. playing 21 in this and nailing yeah. it. Like yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, I did not know that she was that she was yeah. Yeah. yeah wild. And they cast yeah. the stalker as thirty one to play twenty, so that she didn't look too much older. Than you're, her stalker. you're referring to Freddie, oh, right? Is that what you're referring to there? Yeah, Freddie Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord, um, yeah. I, I, re, I this morning I just threw on uh, Roman Holiday just to, oh, just nice. to kind of have in the background, and she's I think she is twenty one in that movie, yeah. and she's just a she's just uh, just gorgeous um the wonderful actress love this performance uh i gotta say audrey hepburn walking into the room with a new costume on holy crap it's equivalent to 101 mile mile per hour fast without question at the, at the chin you know right on the black I mean, and the ump calls for a strike I mean, and this, you're like why wow, it almost hit me the crew stopped and applauded when she walked in with uh, that ball costume the, because incredible. Was, the black and white yeah. gown for for the, the ball. for the no not even for the ball for the horse race <laughs> oh right, the, right the hat the, the black and white costume for the horse race was incredible yeah. Yeah. and then it's like hold my beer and then she comes out into the ball and you're like th- yeah. this dress could not have been made any better Sissel Sissel Beaton incredible Legend. and so yeah. he he was a big designer that was very very heavily influenced by the Edwardian era. He like absolutely studied it, obsessed with it. And it just like every single thing, every scene in this and like, oh man, the costuming in this was absolutely incredible. Yeah. And yeah. The, the scene you're talking about there, Aaron, where everything's in black and white, the, the horse racing, Amazing. everything's in black and white. Yeah. And she's got the black and white dress and you can see here it's on the cover, but she has the, the, a little the bit colorful of flower on yeah. the top. What a touch. Right. Yeah. What a touch. You know, just say something without saying anything yeah. at all. You yeah. know, Absolutely. just really, yeah. really beautiful. And and that's the thing with this movie is the the set and the the costumes. It's all it knows what it wants to be. It executes it and it delivers. It's yeah. and if I had to retire the word iconic, <laughs> I could do so with Audrey Hepburn. 
I could raise the banner, raise the number in the rafters. She's a a cinema goddess. It really is. Um, Incredible. Incredible. Now, she lip synced in this. Um, She did. Yeah, there's a ghost singer. So the ghost singer was Marnie Nixon. She also did Natalie Wood's voice in West Side Story. Um, A Hollywood ghost singer where she's not credited, not recognized. Literally, it's a secret when this comes out. That Aubrey, it's a, a, a poorly kept secret um, that that uh, Audrey Hepburn didn't do her singing. Now, I, I have been, you know, the lip sync police are circling around this movie all, all the time. And the, the, the restoration kind of backed them off a little bit here with this. But now I've I've been harsh on the lip syncing, particularly with uh, with uh, Mr. Robot, Rami Malek and the whole Queen uh, versus Stars Born thing. Um, this was a big deal. At, at this point for My Fair Lady. And I think it cost her the nomination. Yes. And I think it might have given our girl Julie Andrews the, the win. Yes. Um, Julie Andrews did the, the, the play version, the, the Broadway version. She started with, it. With Rex Harrison. Yeah. It, was, it was Julie Andrews and Rex Harrison on the play. And um, they wanted, they being the actors in Hollywood, wanted Julie Andrews to get this film. Went to Audrey Hepburn. Producers wanted Audrey Hepburn in it. Julie Andrews does Mary Poppins. Next, the rest is is history. Julie Andrews does her singing in, in Mary Poppins. Would probably would have done her singing this. All of this goes down, and I and the campaign becomes behind Julie Andrews, and she wins the Oscar for Mary Poppins. Not the type of movie that usually wins an acting Oscar, right. uh, but she gets it for that. Now, Audrey Hepburn. This is where I'll defend her, and why I do think she should have been nominated for the Oscar because I think this is a wonderful performance she didn't know that they weren't using her voice. And she trained when, to sing. And and there's actually on the, this oh, DVD that's here. so... F- yeah. It she is. trained. She thought it she is. was doing it. it. It's not right. Oh, and my God. There is a... Ver- you can see her version on this DVD. Yeah, I saw they some on her, YouTube. Uh, version of, um, of isn't, uh, Wouldn't It Be Loverly. Yeah. And that is acting. She wasn't lip syncing. Right. She, she was, was singing, singing, and then they dubbed it over. Yes. And that's, you know, that, that's yeah. like, I got emotional watching it. And then find out after the fact that she's lip syncing. And I'm like, oh, that's a but bummer. But so like, she's not really lip syncing. But she lip-syncing. isn't. No, she's no. singing as if they're using right. her track. And you can see it in her face. Yep. That's, that's, that's acting. 100%. You know, that's oh not what God. Mr. Robot's doing. You know, no. Pretending he's, he's in Queen. Um, it, it, and, and it's funny. In, I wish that in 2018 they did that. They, they got all t- Hollywood got all ticked off and gave Bradley Cooper that Oscar. And not, uh, right, and instead not of that because clown. Because he's, uh, he's actually performing. They were he changed live, his voice to sing. Yeah, live performances in that movie. But Glastonbury. I back Audrey Hepburn all the way with this and, and her performance in this. Mm. And she should have been up for the Oscar. And, you know. God, it's screwed. That's such a shame. Yeah. Yeah. Except I, I love Mary Poppins. So yeah, well, it's half a good. It's half a good movie. Lachlan likes Mary Poppins. <laughs> yeah. Julie Andrews is uh, can do no wrong here. As no, well. you know I think that she should have won for Sound of Music. It's crazy she didn't. But Julie Christie, yeah, I like her too. You so uh, you know we like all these all these lovely. And even series. like Julie Andrews was never like upset with Audrey Hepburn. She was like, I know it's not Audrey's fault. It's the producers who didn't want me. So like they had a good relationship. Yeah, and she st- Audrey Hepburn stormed off the set when she found out they weren't using yep. her. Voice. Well, yeah, she mm. she practiced, she trained, like she yeah. she yeah, worked for it. Yeah, what a um, yeah, I don't know. It's face, a, yeah, it's a slap in the face. To you know, I worked hard. I thought I did a great job, and then you just dub over me. Yeah. And she's got it's a ridiculous. good voice. I mean, it's not great. It's not you know. It's it's you know, Marnie Nixon's. A, that's what she does. I mean, she's right? Wonderful. Well. This isn't fair because it's after the fact. But I listened to the Julie Andrews version. And it just doesn't work for me. I don't know. Like, and it is. Oh, fair. really? Because I listened to the same, and I was like, "Oh man!" Because Julie Andrews <laughs> is the one teaching you how to things. She's not the one being taught. Right. Well, you know? yeah. and it's like, yeah. Uh, 
All I want is some chocolate somewhere. You know, it's, it just doesn't doesn't work. A spoonful of sugar, oh here and there. But but maybe that's what would have made it fun to watch. You're right, the transformation. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's fun to watch with Audrey Hepburn too, because we know her as the as you know as perfect as the princess, you know, yeah. Roman Holiday, right. like right. A, a Breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah. Just, oh, Sabrina. Like, yeah, and I, I you know I, I I see what you're saying, Aaron, about the the Cockney actually being dialed up to 10 a little yeah. a little strong and spiking I just the was levels thinking, but i'm like I, w- I wonder like how wild julie andrews's cockney accent is for that <laughs> yeah but that is just so frustrating because you know when you're audrey hepburn it's like did you want me or did you want julie andrews because because we could bring her back yeah. you, know, you know i could go do own. mary poppins yeah <laughs> yeah we could we could switch back but yeah Boy, um, I, can't, I can't picture you know, Georgia Hepburn as Mary Poppins either. <laughs> That's the other side of it. You kids suck. I'm out of here. <laughs> way better movie. It doesn't yeah. get into a finance film for the back right. half. <laughs> but Audrey Hepburn does the transition so well. It's such, it's such a hard thing to play a character that adjusts that aggressively throughout, and she does it so seamlessly. I think we got to talk about Mr. Doolittle, too, the dads. Joey, those thoughts on uh, on Pops. Oh, Mr. Alfie, the duster. Just wants <laughs> enough money to make it. Just wants to exploit his daughter one more time. Doesn't know what she looks like, but just wants to one more time for a weekend at the bar just a brass farthing yeah just enough won't even take the 10 <laughs> just just five and ends up rich and angry um a, a great character that this movie didn't need at and all I'm, and i'm yeah. so happy we got him it could have been cut this, this could have been a two hour and 10 minute movie without him and i would have been okay with it but alf the, the actor was fantastic well now that i got him i can't i'm not getting not ready, <laughs> not giving him back yeah that's he's, he stays now uh yeah stanley holloway gets the oscar nomination he gets the spot on broadway and actors at that age i think he's 66 at the time mm. of the film you know so he's he's going to his 60s and like gets the big break of his career that late in his career i was listening to his son uh talk about it and it's like well, you know this this my fair lady changed our family you know it was he's he got to, he gets the spot on Broadway at sixty, um, or heading into his sixties, and then he, you know, they didn't. He didn't think he was going to get the, the movie role because they're hiring Audrey Hepburn, and uh, you know, <laughs> they wanted James Cagney to play yeah. the role. Which go back to Yankee Doodle Dandy, you know, ah, get me to the church on time. You know? <laughs> uh, uh, that just the, the, Cagney no, said no. It's these dudes. No. And the same thing with the Rex Harrison spot. You know, they wanted that to be Cary Grant, and Cary Grant and Cagney both said, no, I'm not doing it. In fact. Not only am I not doing it, but you're hiring Rex Harrison yeah. and wow. you're hiring uh, Stanley Holloway. They and they flexed on them. Yeah, um, and they used their power and, for good. And what was that? They knew him, or they just knew the play, and they knew the play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rex Harrison had some clout with it. He was a, he was also a movie star. I mean, Cleopatra, the Cleopatra's the couple years before. Four. So that's like a massive movie with you okay. know, Liz Taylor. Liz Taylor. And all that. So and it's not like this. they're just plucking someone off of Broadway. Right. But okay. in Stanley Holloway's instance, they were. You know, so he doesn't think he's going to get it. Then he gets it and gets the Oscar nomination, too. So really, really cool stuff. Yeah, he's has, perfect. He's yeah. perfect. And has two of the big songs in it, too, with a little little, little bit of luck and, and uh, get he's me the church. He's so time. great. Yeah. And, and in the, we haven't done a lot of the, and I'm trying not to, the, uh, well, in Pygmalion. Uh, so, but in Pygmalion, that character is just like your, your token Dickensian, yeah. you know, um, caricature. So you know, he shows up in the beginning the way that you see him in this and then shows up at the end with like the the, the monocle in and like you know and right. that's it that's just him it's like okay i see what you're doing here you know he's transformed and he was this and now he's this but they really give that character life in my fair lady so i, I morality of the middle class 
Yeah. Cursed with yeah. the morality of the middle class. <laughs> well, we could just give it away. Just give it right. back. He's like, eh. Well, converted <laughs> and up to now, that. that's like $800,000 a month. Yeah, <laughs> a, a year, sorry. You know, and sometimes I feel with Broadway, you know, songs like that, the ones he had, it's like, well, what is the purpose of that song? And, and like when you ask the Broadway producer, well, it's just a nice number. You, know, <laughs> just a nice number. you got the... Uh, 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 Oz and Grant, the Waldorf and Statler are, are nodding their heads at you right now. They're like, yes. they're like musical. What, what the Why yes. would there be another song? <laughs> Cut the number. Get him to church already. We just need to talk. It's a musical. I know. Just talk. <laughs> I think we've covered things pretty. Oh, we, oh, we want to talk the ending. We have to talk the ending here and, and how this thing ended. Did it work for you? What happened in the ending here? What happens? We see the ends, but what happens next? Um, Aaron, you were kind of talking about the ending there. I want to kick it off to you first. Yeah, I mean, I think that it was, it was good that she ended up going back to them, but it was such like anticlimactic for me, the fact that she walks in and he's very somewhat romantically listening to the recording of her previous original accent. And she walks in and turns it off and then starts talking and he just goes, well, make me tea and then turns that puts his hat on and goes to sleep. And I was I was like so, so many other ways that I turned and looked at Brendan. I said, is this ending like this? I was so mad. Yeah, yeah. And there were so many other ways that they could have like nicely closed it up. Like she could have like she said that she would go and work for uh the Hungarian guy, she said that you maybe she'll go and like help teach people how to speak. I don't know if it's just like the brain of being programmed to expect there to end in a relationship or some sort of romance, but I feel like you lacked that in this. Yeah, I so the ending I I relate it to. It's like the the awesome ending that had the great final line, which was in the apartment where he goes, I love you. And she says, shut up and deal. Yeah. And, yeah. and this is, this is make me some tea. And it's like, yeah, oh, fetch my slippers. Yeah. Oh, where, are my slippers? where are my slippers? Where are my slippers? Yeah. And it's, and it's like that they were trying for what was done in the apartment to have that like one last line. That's like kind of ironic, but it like nails down the movie and it just, didn't land and and it it was just not thought out very well i just didn't I think like it was that overthought he, out is the problem maybe it was yeah. overthought out. it's like yeah. he just gets his way and that's it yeah like ugh. okay joey thoughts yeah i think they kind of i'd love to see how many rewrites of the ending there were well it is it's the same ending as pygmalion 2 and that's you know from the what, what, the 30s whatever. 30s yeah so, so I, my first reaction here when I when I, I, I watch this was very similar to you, Aaron, and, and Brendan, and Joey, too. It's like, this is how we're ending it, you know? I didn't want her to come back. I, did, I wanted her to not come back. And yeah. she came back, I'm like, oh, they better not, like, make out or something. Like, that would like, have been I really terrible. don't want that. Like, um, and then I'm like, huh. And I'm like, how do I feel about this ending? And I'm just, like, mulling it over, mulling it over. My second watch and doing a little bit of the research, I... I kind of like the ending and and here's why i like the ambiguity of it i like that they didn't quite tell us at least this is my take that they didn't tell us how things are ending up or how it's going you know it's just 
she's back. This is his, you know, he's back to his old way and take what you want from there. I don't think he gets his way in the end. Um, he does, he does in the sense that she is back, but I don't think she's back to stay, you I know, agree. and that kind of leads into my next question as to what happens next? We get the end, but what happens with these characters next? Do they engage in a romantic relationship? No. Is she just back to say, you know, because the, the last thing that she says before that is you'll never see me again. Yeah. Right. So she's coming back to say, you've seen me again. You know, I mean, we're going to mm. we're going to be friends and so on here. So now why this ending is a little odd, because it's the same ending in Pygmalion 2. OK. More or less. Uh, it's even a, a little less distant. You know, she comes back and they're like they're they're looking at each other. You know, their eyes. Uh, th- there's. It's a warmer... She's not standing behind him? Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> She's the still doorway. in the doorway, but there's still, you know, and then he does the fetch my the slippers thing. So the playwright was very specific in not wanting them to ever have any sort of romantic relationship. Good. At any point. That was how he wanted it. And he fought with the producers on it. And the producers in the movie, when they're coming out of the 30s, they say, no, they have to get together. And then they have to get together. To the point where the, the he wrote a uh, what do you call it an epilogue mm-hmm. or yeah a po- of where she marries Freddie, she opens a flower shop, she maintains the the friendship with him, but she is, does not you know he's like I'll show them I'm gonna write the post I'm gonna write the right. sequel you know but that's how it should go it shouldn't go she should be with Freddie hang out with Pickering more like be be like let use Higgins for his resources and like his knowledge but not like at no point I think they were dating each other right. and. Aaron, to cue into something you said at the very beginning of this podcast, the playwright is is gay. And he wrote this character to be gay. Okay. Interesting. There we go. That now, wasn't so allowed to sense. say it. Of course. Wasn't right. allowed to say it. Wasn't he allowed showed to it. And, you know, the producers go, no, 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 we can't have that. We can't have that. We need we need romance. Because need- it's not in your face. It's very, very discreet. But yes. you kind of get this sense of, like, he just is absolutely not into women no. yeah. at all. Yep. And how funny is that Aaron turned to me and goes, I think he's gay. And I go, they never would have done that back then. Yeah, well, they, and, <laughs> but, uh, and he never playwright. outright yeah. said it. Right. Huh. But it is, that it's is like the... the Dumbledore effect. What's a Dumbledore <laughs> Dumbledore oh. from Harry Potter that uh, Dumbledore. Are you serious? <laughs> no. Oh, let's, okay. not, let's, let's not go down this road here. This, this could get ugly. Um, half. <laughs> Grant's like, how many you times are they going to trigger me today? I don't know what a Dumbledore is. It's a magic thing. Does it have a ring? Oh. I also don't know what a Dumbledore is. Oh, thank is God. Yet. I don't know what a Dumbledore um, is. It's kind of nice having... The ambiguity in I there like ambiguity for, yeah, for someone to interpret. And that's what I like about the ending here because you you connect your own dots. The dots aren't really connected for us. There's, it leads you in certain ways. I'm sure there's some people who view this as, no, they get together and he's, you know, it's a toxic relationship and then that's that. You, you know, only like, hate the movie if you want. Like, if that's where you go, you hate the movie, I think. Probably. Yeah. Like, probably. I, don't, I don't think you're enjoying this movie and think they get together. Like, I think if you enjoy this movie and appreciate it, like, you understand that, no... At most, they're like friendly after this and like hang out. Maybe they get lunch sometimes, but yeah. like they're not together. I guess when we cover the apartment, we'll have to discuss how that relationship goes on past that. Yeah. Too. So it's, uh, the apartment would have come out four years before this. So the apartment's 1960. This is 64. So that only adds to my theory. Yeah. Is but the the original movie came out in the 30s, so it was yeah it was already there for them. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, I think Brennan makes a good point there. Let us get our our, our stuff together here. And uh, we are absolutely headed to the nitpick zone. 
Okay, nitpicks for My Fair Lady. It seems like we already fired off a couple of them along, <laughs> along the way here. Joey, you want to start us off here? Is Eliza really giving up her apartment after three days? <laughs> like, this guy's not a... Higgins is a questionable fella, and she's just giving up her apartment. The basement apartment. Yeah, the basement when the dad apartment. finds out, when the landlord's like, oh, she called for her thing. She gave her apartment after three days with this guy. Yeah. Pickering's a good dude, but like that's a lot of faith that you're not going to be like super homeless. Yeah, but she had a basement apartment. Could have been like a, not a, great a, a parasite situation. Yeah. You know? Okay, but it's better than living in the flower ward, like flower alley. I don't know. But I think she it? would. Uh, I think she would have thought about that a little bit more. Fair. I don't know if she necessarily gave up the apartment. I think that she sent the landlord to send for the things that Stuff. she wanted. Yeah. Was she living with the dad, or was she living? No, with the, no. the dad no. didn't know who she was in the beginning. He pointed, picked that other girl, and they were like. You don't even know what your daughter looks like? Oh, and then the dad follows the person who got the stuff to the place. Right. And the woman's in the window in the basement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a silly scene. I got one to fire up here. Now, Rex Harrison, again, not my my favorite uh, Hollywood star here. Um, I do like the performance. Uh, I do like the choice of the the talky, singy for that character. It makes some sense. They made that decision for Broadway, not necessarily for this. By the way, Rogers and Hammerstein thought that there's no way you could make this into a musical. This wow. seemed so Rodgers and Hammerstein to me. And But Rodgers and Hammerstein turned it down. I actually looked it up to see if it was Rodgers and Hammerstein. Yeah, so a little thumb to the nose yeah. of them. He said, oh, you can't? No, Lerner's got, uh, Lerner's got it done. Lerner's good. Yeah. Um, but now, Rex Harrison clearly uh, is not making it uh, he's not turning any chairs on the voice with his with his singing here. He's not making it better than the, I could have uh, done. Auditions so. Good for him. at uh, American Idol here. Um, maybe when you're not the best singer in the world, don't sing the line. She's like listening to a chorus who can't sing. <laughs> uh, slow your roll, buddy. All right, but, you know. he's an arrogant <laughs> fuck, though. You're not. You're not exactly. That's true. You're not exactly Prince here, dude. All right. Like, yeah, I didn't like his singing. It was, you know, he always went for this high pitch, uh, high pitch note. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he can't. He can't really sing. Can't yeah, sing. Yeah, yeah. it's the talk sing thing. The to- yeah, yeah. Uh, Which is, uh, I guess, ironic in a way. Is he's teaching a woman to talk and then singing, and she should be teaching him how to sing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Brennan, do you have any nitpicks? Uh, yeah, the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it just... <sighs> Buckle up. Yeah, it just didn't do it for me. I, I mean, I the set, the costumes, amazing, and they were going for that 3D Broadway, and they, and they totally nailed it as far as that's concerned. Broadway doesn't always uh, translate directly to the screen, and I think this is a perfect example of it. It doesn't work on the screen. Hmm. It works at Broadway. We might have to bring him in for the Return to Gigi episode. I think that's. I think <laughs> he is like the this, Return uh, to Gigi. If he didn't like this, I don't know how he'll, uh, he'll take Gigi. But I want to see the reaction. <laughs> I want Brendan's French turn of the century takes. He might actually like Gigi. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Aaron, any nitpicks? Um, You've already fired off a I few. I mean, I've fired off quite yeah. a few. I, the, one of the main major ones was definitely her Cockney accent. I Really, that was very cringy. Um, I... And I just really hated Higgins. Aside from that, I feel like pretty much everyone else. Like I really, I really liked Mrs. Pierce. I really liked Perkins. I really liked. uh, I I loved Mrs. Higgins. She was fantastic. But yeah, there was like not a single redeeming quality about Higgins. And I was very happy that 
her accent was bettered within a few uh, scenes there because I couldn't handle that much longer of that. Ah. <laughs> Joey, uh, other nitpicks. So Alfie's wearing a suit to his bachelor party the night before his wedding that he's going to wear on a bar crawl for 10 hours. <laughs> Everyone smoked. <laughs> yeah, yeah smoke, beer spilled all over. No one could smell anyway, yeah. so it didn't matter. <laughs> is that, that flower is so thing attached to his... I had some timeline <laughs> issues with that where it's probably, what, because like the stalker said it was around like 3. So we're like 3 a.m. And how's the earliest, like say the earliest this wedding's happening is 10. We're now seven hours of just getting wasted in a suit and be carried around South London. Not not going to look great for those wedding photos. I You're think, in South uh, London in 1910. It <laughs> doesn't matter. Oh, God. Um, this whole, like, I can guess exactly where you're from by the dialect of your voice. Like, Is bullshit. Like, let's, I mean, by way of India. So you're saying that you, you knew that he lived here, here, and you knew that he, like, vacationed, you know, or, or studied in India. Like, well, as a colonel, he probably spent a long time Whoa. in India. I actually have no issue with that. I think, yeah. like, super, verna- like, people who, like, study vernacular, it's pretty, t- like, I saw something on the internet, like, and they had this guy who said he was, a like, a linguist, and they blindfolded him, and he was picking out people like different French dialects, like very close. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. And and to add to it, when you're talking 1910, I mean, we live in a very globalized society. Not many people traveled. Most people Fair. stayed where they were. That's a good point. So if someone's jumping around, one, the dialects are going to stay where they are, and if someone's jumping around and pulling from different dialects, it's gonna you're going to know. Oh, you spent time over there. Yeah, and I um, guess you know the the. Uh, Colonies isn't the right word, but the areas where British people are living in India probably have a, a group group Absolutely. talk to them. Yeah. yeah. So they ask him, "You can make a living in that." I I asked today, like, can you make a living in that today? Being able to pick out that is there, you'd have to almost have like a PhD, I would think. And I think so. Yeah. But what is where is this living coming from? Like, who's paying you? Like, parents a, have money. As a professor. <laughs> Saying, well, is there you're a writing profession? books, I would think. Writing books. Writing okay. books, doing research, yeah. doing studies. On teaching, probably. Yeah, yeah. it would be teaching. So yeah. I, he was a professor of like ling- linguist. linguists, mm-hmm. a linguist professor. So yeah, yeah, I would assume almost like he's like an English as a second language situation where he could teach people how to speak properly. I think he'd be very yeah. academic. Yeah. Is he like a, uh, a speech pathologist today, maybe? Or is that... Does that uh, could be. Would that branch off into a different profession? He'd probably be a linguist, like he's like like in like criminology and whatnot. There's linguists, like like he might be in there. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, okay. Um, Joey, any other nitpicks? Yeah, but we. I think we touched everything. Like you know. I like this list of yours. Why is Freddie terrible? <laughs> why is Freddie terrible? Um, um, Zoltan being the uh, the imposterologist. Like why anybody takes Zoltan seriously? I have a little bit of an issue with the light. The light switch of her going from Cockney accent to to speaking like a oh, royalty. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a movie tropey thing, you know. Yeah. But yes. there would be a, a transition. It wouldn't just be yeah, like, I the, can't get this at all and now I've got it. Like But that would take nine hours. But 
we needed the spinning cube, mirror cube fire that scene. That was so, so crazy. Unbelievable scene. I immediately thought of the uh, the Simpsons when Lisa's trying to learn how to dance. And yes. They're like, oh, watch the Shirley Temple. And it's like, oh, yeah, you just do this. And she's like, you mean like this? <laughs> That's good. We have to bring up Stewie Griffin again with the uh, the episode where um, he's teaching the uh, his neighbor how to it's, it's it is my fair lady yeah. it goes right through it the uh, the british guys buy the the, the bar in yes. town um i think two if by c i think is the name of the episode so mm. check that one out it's it is just my fair lady condensed into a family guy episode basically i love um, it and also there is a uh stewie griffin sings i've grown accustomed to her face there's oh, a oh that's right yeah there's a whole he just does, right. does the song for some reason <laughs> i think it's when um lois isn't when she when she goes away, right? Yeah, so for people who don't know Family Guy, the the gimmick is that the baby's always trying to kill the mom. That's uh-huh. like so when she's not looking, he's you know the the life of the wife is ended by the knife. That's what the, <laughs> yep. the the life of the wife is ended by the knife. No, the wife of the knife is ended by the wife. Oh um, my god, Karen, uh, you're so good. <laughs> uh, so uh, there's that, but there, in another episode, Lois, I guess, is running for office and she's not around, and he's. Now he doesn't want to kill her because he misses her, yeah. so he's grown accustomed to her face, uh, and sings the <laughs> sings the song and all that. So it's good, good stuff there. Seth MacFarlane, obviously a big fan Huge. of musicals, yeah, and, yeah, and all time. Um, <clears throat> okay, so that's the nitpick zone. I'm sure we missed. I'm sure we missed. Yeah, plenty, but, but I, that's I, fine. Yeah. I think I also think we beat it up a little bit where it needed. And the it's a musical, like you have to be a little bit forgiving with these things if you're going to get into it. Okay, on to Twitter questions here. Uh, we'll start with. Uh, we mentioned it before, the GMO podcast, as I wear my hat here. Uh, this is from Tom Duncan over there at the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast. Uh, Tom or is it Scooby-Doo? Uh, this is Tom. It says, it specifically said, question submitted by Tom Duncan, co-host of GMO and only Tom Duncan. Sounds like a Scooby-Doo, <laughs> what, what Scooby-Doo would do, but okay. Well, yeah, this is... Uh, this but, is but all right, we'll give Tom the credit. This is the Globetrotters. Okay. Is Rex Harrison's singing voice disqualifying his best actor win? So he's taking shots at uh, at the at the rough voice. Now I know Joey, you're a big fan of La La Land, where they're not the best singers over there, and that doesn't bother you at all. I think not at all. Yeah, there's a little bit of charm in the. Not yeah, I love it. Excellent singers. Do you think to win an Oscar for um, a musical, you have to have a great singing voice? Should that factor in? I think you the... just need to sing. I, yeah, I agree. I feel like you need you need to actually be the one doing the singing, yeah. and, um, and it depends on the role. Like I don't care yeah, if you're great at it; yeah. just I want you in it. If yeah. Which is kind of a double standard here, but I'm pretty sure that if, say, for instance, Audrey did actually sing, if her voice was not up to par, she would not have gotten that nom anyway. However, if it's one of the male actors, he'll still get it because it's more acty and it doesn't have to be this beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess I just didn't like the actor. So yeah. the singing What's to like? wasn't charming to me. Sure. And it wasn't, that's yeah. a that's a different argument. But yeah. I think the I, I actually think his talky singing like first of all that's how they made it for the play. It didn't bother so, me like, at all. I think it's fine. It, it did bother me. It, he he. It was just like nasally. Yeah, you didn't like the high. I said that to you. Yeah. I was like, what like what is he doing? Uh, mm. he, the second part is uh, also why wasn't Julie Andrews who could actually sing not uh, why didn't she get the part that she originated on Broadway? Over Hepburn, we kind of. There's a bullshit producer didn't think Julie Andrews was famous. Yeah. Listen, Audrey Hepburn's amazing. Because Julie Andrews Audrey is Hepburn amazing. Hepburn was so hot right now. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and not thinking that Julie Andrews can 
handle the role. That's a massive cold I mean, take. That is a yeah. that is a like they they were, they're just in a flop sweat watching Sound of Music six months later. <laughs> well, that someone was fired. I'll like Julie Andrews That's is the... perfect at everything. Yeah. Bad yeah. bad take. Yeah. It's just someone that like they didn't know what they wanted, so they insulted everyone doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh no, we need Audrey Hepburn. She's so beautiful. I'm like, oh, but she can't sing. We're going to dub her up. But the problem know? is she could sing. They just couldn't sing the way she wanted because they wanted what Julie Andrews could do. It's not, it's insane. Because they don't know what they want. It's, it's yeah. know, it, that's the problem. And in 1964 movie world, I'm yeah, sure. For Which sure. is also insane if you think about it. Like, Julie Andrews in this, in this age was stunning. Oh yeah. my God. From Grant Z here. Uh, this other question, he says, uh, there's no way that the, the relationship between Eliza and Henry works out, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, we hit that. They're yeah. not even in a relationship. <laughs> yeah, I don't even see them <laughs> yeah, as in a relationship. No yeah. yeah, And they even like kind of spell out. She's like, I would not ever sleep with you. No. Like, they, she says, she flat out says <laughs> She's that. like, we could be friends, yeah. but like, no. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, even Pickering, and he's even older than you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and what was the, the other thing that she makes a note of? She says something about like, I used to sell flowers and now you taught me how to speak and now I can do this and I wanted to still do that but now I don't know what I can sell. Right. I don't know what else I can do and I'm not going to sell myself. Right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was... She's, she's killing it. There. She's so yeah. good. Yeah, she's really She's so good. Yeah. This is from Steve G at Steve-O G Z. Oh, he just followed me. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, and this is... And you predicted his question, Joe. You, you haven't looked at any of these questions yet. I don't look at these. Uh, and... Uh, Aaron and Brendan, you're not going to know what's going on here, and, and that's for the best, I promise you. <laughs> this goes back to our last episode where we covered Cimarron. Which character would be worse to spend a day with, Henry Higgins or Yancey Cravat? Uh, Yancey Cravat, of course, is the protagonist of, uh, of Cimarron, who I think many of us have called the worst character that we've covered here in, at Best Picture Cast. Uh, are there any other protagonists you'd pick these two ahead of? I mean, I'd definitely yeah. rather hang with Higgins than Yancey. I, I would I, agree. I, yes. I can't deal... like. Higgins would be a douche, but like you probably get drunk around London. Like Yancey would be insufferable. Yancey would try to like rob from you. He's a terrible person. Like you have to go Higgins. Yeah, I, I don't know Yancey. He's the worst protagonist <laughs> yeah. we've covered. But Higgins, like he's one of those guys. He's so pretentious. He thinks he knows everything. You can't really have a drink with he's him. Like he's like a hipster in town. Yeah, like well, <laughs> te- well, technically this beer was brewed, and he's like, oh, good God, just like let me drink it. And Jesus. it's and it's whom, not who. By yeah, the way. right. Yeah. So it's Brendan yeah. Black. Yeah. No, no. I'm gonna correct my. I am a whom guy though. <laughs> he's such a whom guy. Yes, it's 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 less, not fewer. Oh, well, I'm one of those. No, it's too, fewer, yeah. not less. <laughs> Oh man, other other movie characters you wouldn't want to spend a day with. How about uh, Betty Quailen, uh, our guy Brennan? You were on the um, on the Mutiny on the Bounty episode. Ellison, the poor guy who gets pressed into poor service. Poor guy. Yeah, yeah, and he gets he gets he gotten wants just hanging out with his wife and and baby and gets thrown onto the ship and he Best goes thing that to ever Tahiti, happened to that kid. Does a jig. And so, what's your point? Is that would you rather hang out with him or Henry Higgins? Oh, I'd rather hang out with him. He has yeah. something to talk Tahiti, about. Tahiti, yeah. dancing around in Tahiti. Yeah. A good... Should have gotten keyholed. <laughs> <laughs> the Revisionist almost wants to, to rank hats in movies. Uh, we're not going to do that. But maybe uh, famous hats for movies? Can you think of any? Indiana okay. Jones. Uh, that, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Does, uh, do, do Stormtrooper helmets count? Are they hats or are they helmets? <laughs> it, works. it works. Yeah, how about Robin Hood? Yeah, okay. yeah. Robin Hood. Robin Hood. the fedora's in uh, what the hell, the brother uh, Jim Belushi and uh, Ackroyd. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, the Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. Got, we're going to talk about a 2023 film, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer, that absolutely. Oh, the hat from Titanic. Oh, yeah. Oh, great yeah. one. Yeah, when she first walks out. It's a really good one. Yeah, it's a, that's a great shot of her spinning. With yeah. The, yeah. Speaking of Audrey Hepburn entering rooms. Seriously. Um, and, and, you know, Audrey Hepburn's hat it certainly would be up there. In this oh, one. yeah. Well, you know, I apologize in advance here, but while we're on uh, Andrew Corns. And we talked to Dr. Doolittle earlier. Uh, Joey, Dr. Doolittle came out again? This is specifically for Joey. Oh, no. Uh, and, this, and he calls this revenge. Oh, God. Uh, Joey, uh, Andrew Corns would like you to F, marry, kill <laughs> actors who played Dr. Doolittle. Okay, so we're talking Rex Harrison, Eddie Murphy, and Robert Downey Jr. And I'm killing Rex Harrison. Okay. By marrying Eddie Murphy. And you're having your one night stand. And F and uh, uh, RDJ. RDJ. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think that's the answer. Yeah, Eddie Murphy's awesome. Yeah, I think you have Mary Murphy. I'd like to hope that's the first time that question was ever asked, but it <laughs> <laughs> probably isn't. Yeah, man, he wouldn't let me ask a, a, a question similar to that on the last revision of Salmanac. I apparently only get one of those. This is from, from Fritz. This is interesting. Would, would Julie Andrews have one best actress if she had been cast in this? So. It's it's tough to 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 do that to to play the uh, the woulda coulda shoulda. She wins this year for Poppins, but kind of within the controversy of being left out of the other and Audrey Hepburn lip singing. If she's just flat out in this, does she win? I'm gonna say yeah. Well, what's her competition? I'm saying yes because Audrey Hepburn isn't going over to Mary Poppins and winning. so someone else is Mary Poppins. Or is she in both? Probably not in both. No, she wouldn't probably, be in both. Yeah. She got she Poppins is like, uh, they screwed you. I think there's a world where because it... Maybe she's nominated and doesn't win. I don't know. Movie's good. Movie what was else? loved. It got a lot of nominations, a lot of wins. I'm going to say Harrison yes. Wins because season. now this is a 13th nom was there for this a movie. Third, was there a third uh, actress there? I, I, should, I should call that up. Lead actress was uh, Anne Bancroft in The Pumpkin Eater. Not a, I'm not a, um, <laughs> a pumpkin eater specialist over here. Sophia Loren in Marriage Italian Style, Kim Stanley in Seance on a Wet Afternoon, Debbie Reynolds in The Unsinkable Molly Brown, speaking of Titanic. Oh, um, I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying Julie Andrews. I think she probably just gets nominated and wins, and whoever plays Poppins doesn't get nominated. Yeah, yeah so she probably does win, because yeah. it doesn't seem like there's a lot of stiff competition there. Mm-hmm. No, and whoever, whoever places her isn't unless. Audrey Hepburn gets cast in one of these other roles. Right. Yeah, well, that becomes the iconic that, yeah. movie, yeah. Oh, well, I, I, I retired it, but I retired it. When For speaking, her, so it's appropriate. When speaking about her, I'm allowed to use it. Right, okay. Uh, Chauncey Taos, who was on our uh, hey, Return to the episode. If they do this Oscars again, here we go, Joey. We, we almost made it. We almost made it. If they do this Oscars again, does Dr. Strangelove and My Fair Lady split more, or is it still a My Fair Lady sweep? So I guess is that yeah. are they asking if this if these two movies came out in twenty twenty three? I guess yeah. I mean, it's um, musicals. Are you? Have you seen Doctor Strange Love? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, musicals get hidden now in marketing you know, because people aren't looking for them. Doctor Strange Love to me is not a um, best picture. I mean, it, it, it's a great movie. It's a fun movie. I, I understand it. In its time, it was, you know, thought of more highly, but. No, I think My Fair Lady, and, and this is putting aside all the all the politically incorrect things that are in it. You know, if, if they were to fix... Dr. Strangelove, by the way, has those as well. Um, so if we're going to put those aside, I still think My Fair Lady uh, beats out. Um, considering you'd have to say 
technologically it was still advanced you can't you know you, you yeah. can't yeah, it's it's tr- it's tough to yeah. put it in a 2023 20, right but i think if voters are going i mean i think strange love should have won i know that's not what we do here like yeah. i think that's better i think I, it's perfect i mean what peter sellers does is just un- well I, I and he was almost think- cast as rex harrison in this as higgins really yeah he was all but he wow he went he went with kubrick I, I, he should have won. Hundred percent. He should have won yeah. without question. Yeah. Peter Sellers should have won. Actor. Yeah, Doctor Strangelove to me is not a best best picture movie. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I, it's I don't your, agree. It's your classic runner up. Like it, it, I, I kind of agree with what Brendan's saying. I mean, I, I, I it just isn't going to win. So if, whether I think it should have won or not doesn't really matter. It mm. never was going to win. It's a movie like this at this time was going to it was always going to be my fair lady yeah but the chant tanes are changing like it was the time yeah, well, for strange I, yeah, love i don't think a musical wins today no i mean all well, the music there's music wrong. La, la, um, didn't win. Didn't, la, win. La, didn't win. That one didn't win. No, I lost. And musicals. That's, that's the example. And that's, th- that's the closest example. And three we have. musicals have come out in the past month, and they've all been hidden as musicals in the marketing. Like people don't want musicals, yeah. so they're hiding that they're musicals. So it's hard. It's so. Mm. It's hard to ask. You Maybe ten it. years from now, when musicals are back and they're hot again. Maybe we re-ask that question, but it's tough to. It is tough to to look at it that way. Thomas Willett asks, while West Side Story is my favorite Best Picture winning musical, My Fair Lady is a close second, and overall, my favorite show, if including theater. I love the costuming and the song numbers, and Audrey Hepburn has rarely been better. Rex Harrison's style of singing is also supremely underrated. So not a question, but just kind of a statement. But I think cool. we have something similar on the opposite end. Well, before you do that, because I was thinking about the previous question. You know, 1964, when you have when you have people being drafted and sent to Vietnam, maybe you maybe you lean more towards a musical than you do towards a political commentary. So you want the happier thing. Yeah, mm. and and we're in a time right now. I there's proxy wars, but we're not really sending anyone off to war. Should that happen again, maybe we lean more towards musicals. Who knows? Mm. I don't have it. I, I can't find exactly where it's I think it was like a response to a response, but said that this is one of the worst best picture winners. <laughs> oh really? So there was one oh, of that. Shit. We got it on both ends. So wow. people loving it and people uh People not digging it. So, so you're saying Chariots of Fire isn't the worst. Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> it is with a bullet. There's like five blanks between that and the next one. Let's talk about MVP here. Who is the MVP as we head to the awards? Who's the MVP of My Fair Lady? Erin, I'll have, I'll have you go first here. You gotta go Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn, MVP. Which, which that's also to say that I don't think that this is her best performance. Where would you go in that? Uh, in that? I would probably say, I definitely would probably say uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. Mm. That's, that's my far out winner. In that, I also like Sabrina. I like mm-hmm. Roman Holiday. Yeah, Roman Holiday. But good. I don't. I like when she's really herself. When she's not so. Yeah. I could have done without the beginning. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Brennan, your MVP. This one has a chance to be unanimous. Although, I don't know. You guys might get more creative, but Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, I'm not going to get in the way of that. Audrey Hepburn is my MVP here. She's stunning in this film. It's a great performance. She should have been nominated. Uh, it's a shame she wasn't, but you know. Joey. She's great, but Cecil Beaton. Ah, Cecil Beaton gets He was amazing. Yes. Damn it, Joey. Oh, there you go. 1,400 <laughs> costumes for this okay. freaking thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. It's unbelievable. That's, that's right. I would yeah. change mine. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, he yeah. was great. Yeah. LVP. Joey, I don't want to stand in your way here. Uh, you've been chomping at the bit here. Who's oh, the it's LVP? not Freddy. Oh, it's not? Freddy's list fodder. Oh, he's just... T- okay. 
<laughs> Freddie's list father, and Freddie's not free of the list. But my MVP right. is Zoltan Carpathy, Ooh, the wow. creep. Wow, the, the, creep. the sweaty yeah, creep. Sweat, so so sweaty. sweaty. Wow, so sweaty. The sweaty creep. He is the clear LVP, just lingering around trying to talk to women in public, like, and nobody stop. What a fucking creep. I hated him. <laughs> Also not great at his job. Also at his job. <laughs> Declared her in a Hungarian princess. She's, she's got to be royalty, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The worst. You know, if you're wondering where's the list of Joey R, we, we're, we're waiting for our anniversary episode, but it sounds like there might be multiple people eligible here. And this not being a list day is making the list. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Did not want to sub- subject Erin to the list. She's already been subjected uh, to enough here today. LVP for you, Erin. Um, I'm gonna go Higgins. I just feel like he was awful. Harrison. I did not like him. Yeah, yeah. Mm, wow. Which I guess that's kind of a testament to like him being a good actor that he did his job and he was what he needed to be. I just didn't like him. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah. sometimes it's like it's it's what they call in the, in the wrestling business. Get off my TV heat. Yeah, go home. You heat. know, you're such a bad guy that I don't even want to watch you anymore. Yeah. yeah. So turn turn the change the channel heat. Yeah. Um, my LVP is uh, the decision to not let Audrey Hepburn sing. Yeah, um, that's fair. Oh, that's, there you that's, go. All right, that's the right answer, Tim. Yeah, really yeah. terrible. I didn't know you could do um, that, yeah. by the yeah. way. Well, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> uh, just, it up, just upsets a number of things, you know, causes a scene in the Oscar race. Yeah. It just it turns a lot of, uh, a lot of things a certain way it's a watershed decision that really isn't especially when it's not like audrey Hepburn trained she tried like she got screwed over like there's so much dirtiness about it that and i've seen those those clips of her actually singing and it's 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 good okay it's fine you know we don't need to to upset the apple cart over it but yeah uh brennan lvp yeah, mine's Rex Harrison. I, yes, I mean, another and, Rex and Harrison. The, and the actor, you know, not the not the character. Wow! I mean, so I, Aaron gets the hits no, up the character. I, I, you're I hitting up the, the actor. Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> love this. Yeah, I think it was it was the wrong choice. I, I think you know, I know people were vying for him, but um, I didn't like his performance. A bad character, a character you don't like, is one thing, but there's there's actors that can make you kind of be like, oh, but I kind of. But there's some charm there. I don't think he had the ability to do that. Maybe he can do it on Broadway, not on screen. The fact that there's no chemistry at all, and I get that that's kind of the point, I think it's a better movie if there is chemistry and the two never connect. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. a more interesting ending. You know, yeah. where it's passing it, ships in the night. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's better. Where this is just like, there's just nothing between the two of them. You know, I, I yeah. it, 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 it didn't work for me either. I agree with that. I'm not going to go as far as LVP, but. Um, yeah, cool. A participation award. Show a little love to anyone else in the cast. Throw a little uh, a love their way. Um, Daddy Aaron? Alfie. Yes, mine Loved too, Aaron. Him. We're on the same spot here. He Get him to the, the church best. on time. Yep. Absolutely. He was the best. I like the landlord. <laughs> <laughs> Stan- Kirkins was great too. <laughs> Standing in the apartment in the window. And, and it's a shared I, I just remember thinking when I'm watching it, what does this have to do with the whole movie? <laughs> Here's your birdcage and what was it? A birdcage and a book? And a, yeah, and a, right. Like a fan. Oh, a, a Chinese, Chinese fan. Yeah. A Chinese I'm hand like, fan and, and a birdcage that has no bird in it. I'm like three hours and we threw this in here. Like, come on. Come on. This is on the chopping block. Yeah, oh, another like, category. Don't need that. Don't yeah. need that. Put your participation <laughs> award. This guy was just like, oh yeah, this is cute. Throw that in there. Keep throwing that. Just... Put it all in there. <laughs> oh, amazing. man. 
Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think the landlord was going to be getting any hardware here today. But yeah, got participation much. and should have been cut. <laughs> <laughs> so unnecessary that I'm, I'm giving you... I'm giving I you love what you did, but I never needed to see it ever again. You had two awards. That's amazing. Uh, Joe, Intermission. participation award. Intermissions. Yeah, love it. I love it. Every time we do it a movie with intermissions, I, I love them so much. Bring That's them back. so funny. I literally stand up, I stretch, I really use the intermission. Yeah, me like, too. I, I love it. Yeah. And, you know, and just watching some of these older films at Cinema Arts Center, they give you the intermission. Yeah. They, get, yep. yeah. they tell you, ten, be back in 10 minutes. You go out to the lobby, you go to the bathroom, you get a snack, you stretch. It's great. It's amazing. It. You know, AMC isn't doing that great. Something they might want to consider. I know. They're you know? going the opposite route. Scorsese yeah. tried to have Killers of the Farm would have an intermission, and the production companies freaked out. And, you know, we're like... Yeah, and when movie theaters did it, the production company pushed back hard. Yeah, they were, yeah. Yeah, yeah they should be making an experience. You go, it's the night at the movie theater, and it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's just a lot of people out of touch in that industry these days. Mm. Um, yeah, mine is uh, mine is for uh, Mr. Doolittle too. There, uh, loved his loved his presence in this film. It was the it was I didn't know I needed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, time machine recast. Take anyone from any walk of of time. You know, plug them into this movie in any role you want. Uh, I'm gonna go first here. Uh, I I recast Rex Harrison. Um, now there are a few interesting people at that time that almost got it that could have worked. Yes. I didn't know about Peter Sellers. Yeah. I didn't read that one. That that's interesting. Uh, Cary Grant was the one that they wanted. I think he would have worked. It might be a little too romantic with him there. He might have been like too far the other way. Yeah, and they might have been tempted to make them, you know, to change the ending of the wrong direction. With yeah, him. it is fun to like. I watched this and I was like, mm, this should be Cary Grant. And then you do the research and like they wanted Cary Grant. I'm like, ah, that's right. I'm doing something right over here. Um, they wanted Peter O'Toole to do it. Oh, interesting. And he would have been pretty good, I think. Like, I think he could do the distracted and not interested in, in women thing. Yeah. Um, but that's not my uh, time machine recast. My time machine recast, I'm going with a, a modern guy. And this is going to piss off uh, our friend Zita Short here. She's not going to like this one bit. But um, what about Gary Oldman doing this, this oh, role? <laughs> Brendan's rolling his eyes. I don't think so. <laughs> Give it a whirl. He t- certainly take a swing for it. He doesn't. He doesn't liven it enough, up enough. Uh, you know, I'm I'm recasting the same one. And okay. Someone else. Oh, right. Okay. All right. So yeah. we'll, let's let's wait on that because yeah. this this is exciting. Erin, uh, you have someone? Um. Yeah. I the for some reason it just popped into my head as I was watching it because I was I know that we always do this. I want to recast uh, Audrey as Jennifer Lawrence. Wow, uh, recasting the MVP. Yeah. Although you might have changed to Cecil Beaton, so I think you're safe. Jennifer Lawrence I would thought be she, pretty good. I feel like she is able to like play both like yeah. up mm. and down and yeah. very... I think she'd do a really she'd great job. Great. That's pretty good. Joey? Uh, so for 1001, I'm very in the Edgar Wright world. We just did the Edgar Wright director ranking. So I went with a British comedian taking over for my guy, Zoltan Karpathy. <laughs> wow. um, Nick Frost. Comedian. He's in all the Cornetto movies. He's he's uh, he's all over the place. British comedian. He's very funny. He would have been funny as the creep. Okay, I like it. I like it. All right, who's who's getting the Rex Harrison role, Brennan? So before when I was talking about Rex Harrison, I didn't think he was charming enough. I didn't think he was lovable enough. I would take Matthew Broderick from the days when he did Producers and put him in that role. You hate him, but you love him. There's some charm about Matthew Broderick. He can do the singing. He's a great singer. I think he would fit perfectly. I like this. Yeah, I have no problem with that. 
cool. I, that's pretty good, you know. And he's he's played that type of role before too. If you look at like like Cable Guy, or yeah. um, or uh, Election, yeah. you know, where it's this kind of this like unlikable lead. That, that, that's the thing yeah. is like yeah. he needed to be he needed to be a likable, unlikable person. Yeah. Like it, it, there had to be some sort of redeeming quality about him, and it's just the whole time you're just like ugh. Yeah, well, yeah. you're like, you're like, why am I, why am I rooting for this guy? That's what, yeah. no, you're just not rooting for him. Right. Like, exactly. just like, flat out not well, I want to. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. At no point do you even want to root for this guy. Right. No. All right. So this is a, this is a movie's pretty ripe for the the cutting room floor. What, what would you take, Brennan? You said you already have a. Let's take this out. Let's say what, what would you take out of this movie to make it shorter? What specifically? Yeah, I mean, we're going, we're cutting this movie down to about two hours. So we're taking out you going going to the apartment to get her stuff. Although we, I have the <laughs> participation award yeah. because you know that woman makes you like that scene when it's when it's happening. But it's also why am I here? Yeah, fair, fair. And everything that has to do with anything other than Audrey Hepburn and Rex. You know it. it Let's let's focus here. Joe, do you have anything? Yeah, I don't disagree. I think really, the, like I like the dad. I'm good with taking the dad out. Like the stalkerness could come out. Like we could, and but like a lot of the songs just went on. Like like the the you did it song that went on like three minutes too long. So long. Like just a lot of things just really lingered. Where if we tightened it up, I would think it would have felt a lot. Um, you Locked did looser. it. You did it. I think Grant has a fun clip. Oh, I'm like, is the clip. You Did It song, the rain and the plain Spain thing? <laughs> is that, I feel like that was also a You Did It song. Yeah. But you know, when you, she when got you it. see it on Broadway, you've jumped on the LIRR, you've walked through the rain, your umbrella didn't work, you got into the theater, and now it's going, and you like it. And it's a nice number. It Why sounds didn't your umbrella great. work? Yeah, because it never works when you go into Broadway. <laughs> You know, but but when you go to the local theater and and you're watching, or now it's just you know you're watching on your TV. What is happening? <laughs> um, I, I had the poor Professor Higgins stuff cut cut yeah. that out. I, I don't like that. Um, the whole um, "Why can't a man be a woman" song was yeah. not. Uh, why, why can't shot. a woman be more like a man? Or yes, yeah. yeah. this song is just not needed. It's, yeah, it, it. We've gotten the point. We've developed this character. We're this is overkill. This can come out. This didn't come out. I had that. I had that being cut there. Oh, also when she's being bathed, like she's being, you know, oh, the plus, scream, yeah. plus and boiled like a chicken. You know, like we just don't need that scene. In, in both burn movies, her clothes. It's, yeah, burn her clothes. Yeah, both movies. It was just like get this out of here. Like yeah. I don't need this. Um, the um, the the process with all the bells and whistles of all of his linguist <laughs> contraptions. I feel like all of that was very long and drawn out with like the papers and the things that yes, the yes. symbols and what every word and sound meant. I at least found that interesting. It's like, yeah, I was yeah, in on but that. it was like made up. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was nonsense. like it was nonsense. Yeah. The yeah, the mirror box with the flame. Amazing. Just hit the H's. <laughs> yeah, um, that was really that was way too long. I feel like even the ball scene was way too long, like. Didn't have to dance with multiple people. I feel like the whole yeah. chat, the the game of telephone around the room, telling everybody who what she actually is, that could have been cut shorter. Yeah, that's there to show off the costumes. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, all right. I'll take uh, that then. I forgot this in the nitpick zone here. 
How many people died in this uh, exercise where you're talking with marbles in your mouth? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there must have been a death count. For that. And oh she's just like, oh, so I true. swallowed one. He's like, no problem. Don't Here's another one. Yeah. Can't understand you. We'll be... We'll revisit that nitpick when we do the King's Speech, because well, you're going to get more marbles in the mouth. Well, it was shocking, too, because Aaron and I live in a day, and Joey, you do, too, where it's like, every day is like, I, I hope my kid doesn't swallow something <laughs> small. Like, yeah. like they're just swallowing stuff left and right. Like, don't do that. This morning, he's like, Lachlan, what's in your mouth? What's in your mouth? And he's like, bleh. And he's like, I was like, what is it? It's just a piece of plastic. Where did he get that? I don't know. He finds it. Yeah. So when he's learning to speak, you're not going to have marbles in his mouth. No. No. Yes. All right. Good. This is good. Scene of the movie. What was the scene that really uh, nailed this thing for you? Uh, Brennan, the movie didn't overall work for you, so I'll ask you first. What was the scene that you go back, you look back on and you say, that was the scene of the movie for me? So, I actually mentioned it earlier, but um, the scene where everyone stops. Um, and it's, it's mm-hmm. not very movie-like. It's very Broadway-like. It is so optical. That was the scene for me. Yeah, the set design in that section of the, of the movie. Scene of the movie, Aaron. Um, I'm a sucker for a slow walk down a staircase in a great dress. Very so fair. So either one, the the from her coming into the Ascot in her black and white, or her coming down the stairs in her gown at the gala. Oh man, both of those were incredible. Mm. Joe, rain in Spain when she's got it. I love that so much. Yeah. When it all clicks, I have so much fun with that. Yeah. Uh, mine is is her return. To where she came from and yeah, uh, her good. buying the flower yeah. and the mm-hmm. reprise of is um, Wouldn't It Be Loverly. Uh, oh, just crushes me. Great. Crushes me. Mm-hmm. Um, so good. So, so strong. So that was that was, uh, that was was an easy winner for me. But some good scenes in it, though. I love I love the ring when she throws the so ring back good. at him. Love that whole exchange. And he's just like, what What are you going on about? You, you infamous creature. Yeah. <laughs> you impotent <laughs> hussy. <laughs> All the hussy talk. I was loving the hussy talk. My grandma was a big fan of the word hussy, and it just cracked me up. Every time he said it, I was like, oh, give me another one. This is a redeeming quality for Higgins. Give me more hussy talk. You infamous creature is a great one. I just love Brutal. That. Quotes, if anyone has quotes, I have one that I just I just love to death. Like, this is from our boy Pickering, who we haven't talked a ton about. Pickering is great here in this, but I love him on the phone um, doing the, you know, the whole... Uh, 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 hair color. Uh, oh, uh, very funny. Uh, neutral-ish. Uh, <laughs> brown, like neutral-ish. What are you <laughs> showing up for? Uh, she has eyes. Uh, no, but the, here's the quote. Yeah, she has eyes. This is the quote from Pickering. Just, just great stuff. Here, hold on. Higgins, if there's one thing I can't stand about you, it's your confounded complacency. At a moment like this, with so much at stake, it's utterly indecent that you don't need a glass of port. Great, great stuff. Great quote. Great stuff. Um, I had Eliza when she said the difference between a lady and a flower girl is not how she behaves, but how she's treated. Uh, and I love that whole part with the mom. Great stuff. Great stuff there. Great quote. I like the, I sold flowers, I didn't sell myself, now you've made a lady of me, I'm not fit to sell anything else. Awesome stuff. So both of your quotes are from the same section there, right? Is it? Which is with the mom at the end there. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, no, mine's when she she's talking to him. You know, and she's they're the yeah. last they're yeah. last like yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brendan, do you have any quotes? Yeah, so Higgins had a quote. He, there's one line I actually laughed at, but the rest of the movie just kind of <laughs> happened, and I I didn't take it down, so oh, okay. I don't have. Right. One. He did have one little quote. One thing got you. <laughs> that's 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 a victory. It's a victory for uh, for old. We don't know what it was. Right? I'd Higgins. have to go back and watch it, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> 
I got the 4K DVD right here that you don't have your 4K player ready to go. Though. No, I don't. No, I, or, now I never will. <laughs> so Oscar Reaval, if we look at this here, this is a little wild because it's up for so much. So Brendan, basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you everything it was nominated for. Okay. You're going to tell me the if it is only going to win one, what should it win for? Okay. All right. So these are these are all the nominated ones. Director, lead actor Rex Harrison. Cinematography, score, art and set direction, costume design, sound, screenplay, supporting actor Stanley Holloway, who plays the dad, supporting actress Gladys Cooper, who plays the mom, and film editing. So if it can only win one of those, what is it getting? Yeah, I'm, I'm between art and set direction and costume, but I'm going with costume. I had a feeling that would be the show down there. Uh, Aaron, you're nodding your head. Same thing. Costume. Costume. For sure. Costumes. I would have to agree. Yeah. I mean, it's probably... My MVP. Yeah. This is probably... It was your MVP. Yeah. This, this is probably the best costume design we've it's encountered. It's up there, yeah. yeah. You mentioned Titanic. Titanic's pretty great, too. Yeah. yeah. Titanic's amazing. Yeah. Now, if it wins all of these, except for one, who's getting left out? Yeah, you know what mine is. It's going to be uh, Rexy Boy. Yeah. yeah. I'd say film editing. They should have made it shorter. <laughs> <laughs> Editing's my answer, too. Yeah, really? That's wow, a great Joe. answer. Yeah. So, Joey and Aaron are on the same page. I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to go screenplay just because it's the same screenplay as the other movie. That's it's fair. literally the same thing. I guess maybe it's getting it for like the song lyrics. Right. But that's from the play. But yeah, it's from the play. Yeah, so what that's work, fair. What work was done here? Yeah. <laughs> we just carried it over. So I, I'll take that out. One to five. So this is where we go through the performances. This is where we go through how the movie looks, how it's shot, how it's presented on screen, and then the story and how it's told. So we'll start with the performances. Joey, would you like to go first? Yeah, I think I'm going to go four here. Like, I think Audrey Hepburn's fantastic. I don't like Rex Harrison, but we're not supposed to like Rex Harrison, so I like that I don't like him. Um, I think Pickering's great. I, I think four here. Okay. Um, I also went with a four. I do think I think Rex Harrison is good in this. I, yeah. think, I think he's good in it. I don't care for him, sure. so there's a little personal bias there. So whatever he did, I probably wasn't going to like. But Audrey Hepburn is amazing. The supporting cast is incredible. Um, Alfie, it's it's not a five. No, it's not no, a five. No, no. no one here really blew me away outside of uh, Audrey Hepburn and and she, the lip syncing. There's some limits. There's some limitations to what her performance. No, this is a strong to. four. Four. Um, uh, Brendan. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm on a two here. Ah, yes. A n- notorious, notorious tough grader, Brendan B. I That's love right. Brendan yes, doing this. Yeah. But you didn't like Harrison at yeah. all. So that, that... I didn't like Harrison at all. You know, Audrey Hepburn was great, but they didn't let her sing. So, yeah. you know, that's on the producers. Yeah. So they lose for that. I, it just, it was, it was a rough movie. It was a rough movie. <laughs> and, you know, they, they spent a lot of time on the, on the production, the, the um, costumes, I guess the cast, but it just, as far as when you get down to the acting, just didn't work. Yeah. Okay. Two yeah. from Brennan. Aaron. Um, I'd, I'd say at least like a three and a half. Okay. Um, we don't do halves. So you have yeah. to, you have to right. commit. So Make we'll, a choice. All right. I'll say four. <laughs> okay. She's going um, four. Okay. Yeah, I'll go four. I think that for the most part, the, as much as I hated Higgins, he did what he came to do. He was properly an a-hole through his entire <laughs> performance, and that's what he needed to do. So um, I think Audrey made up for most everything else. Fair. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, okay, how it looks, how it's shot, how it's presented on, presented on screen. Uh, Joe? I'm going to go four here again, because even as good as the costumes and set direction are, it's way too long, and things kind of drag a little bit. So, four. You're going four. Okay, uh, I'm going to go with a five here. Um, yeah. I just just think it looks as good as it could possibly look. I mean, this the set designs are, are incredible. Uh, the costuming, we've, we've talked to death here, it's just the best that we've covered so far. Um, I, I think the cinematography is sneaky good. Like, yes. it's it's quietly really, really well shot. very well. Uh, it's mm-hmm. fun that they got the, the cinematographer from the 1930s version and brought him into this, and he really could kind of build on what he did in the first movie, uh, and I thought he did. Uh, you know, and just little things like that horse racing scene, the Panavision, they used it well in this, whereas, you know, a movie... Like around the world in the 80 days, we've mentioned a few times, was just kind of flexing the technology and not really making it into art. It was right. just making it into entertainment. This was art for me. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go with a five. Brendan, how it looks on screen? I'm with you on a five. Uh, all the same reasons. And just just a uh, kind of compliment on what you'd said there is that they're using technology that isn't usually used. They're going outside the box, and they deliver it in the correct way possible. So I'll go five on that one. Aaron? I'm, I'm going to go with a four because I think that as incredible as everything looked, and I mean, as far as costumes specifically are concerned, that's a five. But the way that everything looked and the sets and the design and all of that, there was always that element that you knew that like, it still looks very set. Like, Mm. like it looks like a Broadway set. Like there's a, there's a lot, a lot of it looks very flat. And a lot of it is like, they were walking across areas where there's just buckets of sand that is like poured out on the sidewalks. Mm. And it just kind of seemed a little bit more, I mean, I guess that's kind of what they're going for, for it to look like a Broadway on film. But that was the only thing that I felt kind of fell a little short for me. Which yeah. is funny because that's what I liked about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Brendan, I'd be interested to see if you re- revisited Oliver, what you'd think of that. Oh, I've, I love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's longer than this. It, yeah, but it's Oliver. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's a great story. It's, uh, the music is awesome. He's it's talking just, about yeah. Oliver and Company, right? Yeah. <laughs> also great. No, not. The, the music of Billy Joel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the yeah, music Oliver in Oliver is, is, is so good. Yeah, I think the the story of Oliver is a little bit more um, uh, heartstring friendly, whereas this gets a little more complicated with the man manipulating the woman yeah. and then yeah. all the depths that we talked about, which doesn't doesn't really ring home as far as musicals go. Is like, oh yeah. Yeah, movie musicals. Sorry, Mu- movie musicals. Like, oh yeah, that I can always go back to that movie. Yeah. Mm. Finally, the story and how it's told here. Yeah, the themes, the uh, the script, the whole the letter on the page, and how it's, uh, it comes out. Uh, Joe, I'm gonna have you go first again here, if you don't mind. No, um, I think I'm gonna go four here again. Yeah. I think it works. I think I really think everybody does their job while the script is kind of redundant. I think it works here. I think it's a clean four, four, four for me. Yeah, I'm gonna go three on this one. I think there's a number of areas um, in the screenplay that are, you know, problematic. Uh, for a, you know, we really just spent 
a couple hours discussing it. You know, I mean, there's, uh, and, and I don't just mean problematic in the sense of uh, the way we normally hear it, like socially, of course, there's mm-hmm. that there. But there's also some storytelling things that are a little uh, redundant in some areas. You know, we're, we're going back to Henry Higgins constantly not, what's going on? What is the deal with her? And it's just, we, we, we've covered this already, guys. Yeah. We don't need another song covering this. Uh, so so that goes into it. But I do, I don't knock it below a three because there is some fun quippy lines. There's some uh, some sharp dialogue. As far as song lyrics go, they're pretty, like they accomplish a lot. You know, there's sometimes in musicals there's a song and they're singing it and there's just not anything being accomplished here. Yes. But there's like some character development within some of these songs where, you know, even that first one where he's just kind of, we get to really see, oh, this guy really takes language seriously and this guy really sucks. Um, you know, <laughs> it, you know, he's just, just throwing shrapnel at the French for no reason. You know, the French, Crushing are, them. French are always taking shrapnel. It's just like, as oh, long as God, it sounds we just, French, they don't care if you're right. God, we were just we were just watching Gigi. Now we're watching this and we're taking hits. What's going on here? Uh, three. Three for me. I'm a one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was coming. The two, five, one is amazing. So, amazing. I think that's a first. So, you know, and I, I didn't know all this... Um, the the issues between the the writer the production company, but it's very telling. And I think when you have someone who wants to say someone who wants to stay so true to the original play, and then the big movie money that wants to make a movie, when they are at odds, you know they're posturing against each other. You know you get this is what you get. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and you get a mix between the great things about Broadway and you get a mix with the great things about movies, which do not connect. And it's kind of a mess. It's a long movie that includes things that leaves the audience saying, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to go three. I, I do feel like. Somewhat what Brendan said, there, there's a lot of disconnect here. And I do think that uh, there's quite a bit that could be dropped and fixed and cleaned up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We, we covered a lot of angles there. That was unbelievable. That was, a, that was a good one to five there. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, where this one ranks, let's put that aside for a second. Let's just talk about the musicals we've covered. Or maybe, Brendan Aaron, if you want to just compare it to some other musicals that you've seen. Joey, i got to be honest. I think this is in top contention here. Really? Yeah. I think this is three for me. Um, I, I, I don't... I can't... I can't say I'd, at the end of the day I'd put it ahead of Sound of Music. I think Sound of Music is pretty Teflon. Yeah, in that category. Sound of Music's one. Uh, I think Sound of Music's one in the genre for me. Forget about Best Picture winners. Just kind of... Oh, uh, just singing in the, the rain's entire genre. always number one for me. But well, um, so you mean it's five, <laughs> right? Because we're oh no no now we're doing like, rankings. Yeah, like, we're doing like, rankings. How would you oh, okay. rank musicals? So one so, is best. Okay. Uh, yeah, the number one. Okay. Musical. Um, I think I'm going Sound of Music probably then West Side Story then My Fair Lady. Okay, I'm glad you brought up West Side Story. I'm gonna come back to that. But um, Aaron, as far as like musicals that you've seen Any in love, musical. where does it? Anything. Yeah, just in musicals in general. Where does this stack up against some of the other musicals in your life? Grease is number one. Um, I'd probably say Singing in the Rain's probably two. Yeah, I feel like this kind of ends up a little bit further down. Grease is your number yeah, one. Yeah, Grease is your... definitely my number one. Are, you're sure. a Rocky Horror. Uh, I mean, yeah, show, I yes. love Rocky yeah. Horror. God, yeah. there's probably so many that I, things like this always catch me off guard, and then I can't think of them on the spot. <laughs> yeah, crap. Rocky Horror Picture Show is probably like. 
two. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so then Greece, Rocky Horror. There's probably some other spooky shit that I like that's up there too. <laughs> but it's funny, we talked when Aaron and I watched the movie, we talked about um how Greece pulled a little bit from the My Fair Lady I'm sure. theme. You know? yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. The um, the whole uh makeover scene. Right. Yeah. If they made this today, I think they should change it to like set it in like a high school and have like two jocks betting mm-hmm. over whether they can turn a nerd into a hot girl one of them is Freddie Prince Jr. The other <laughs> oh we've <laughs> done that yeah. and Paul Walker right. Right. there we go uh, yeah. weird science right. 10 years before that I think right. we have lists we can have Usher on the PA yeah mm-hmm. you know, yep. teaching DJ. everyone how to dance right. <laughs> the real world's right actively involved right now Funk Soul the Funk brother. Soul Brother right is that uh is is offspring on stage in that one or is i thinking of a different no he that might have been in um well maybe it's smash mouth i don't know i'm thinking maybe i'm thinking of not another teen movie again yeah They're not uh, not in she's all that no okay. no 10 things i hate about you had letters to cleo uh, yeah yeah I letters to cleo to was me. the band yeah. yeah real big fish was in clueless Right. That's another. Right. Yep. Yep. That's another big uh, makeover movie. Here's my issue here, and I know that this is going to trigger the St. Johns out there in uh, in Michigan. I just have no emotional connection to West Side Story. It's a great movie. I appreciate it. It's well done. It's it's certainly one of the best musicals ever made. I get all that. I have no emotional connection to that movie. The movie does nothing for my heartstrings, or I, I just it's just there, and I appreciate it. Like this movie. Did a little something to me. It moved me a little bit through Audrey Hepburn's character in this, and I, you know, so this is gonna it probably it might edge out West Side Story for me. I might like this a little bit. It doesn't quite get to Sound of Music status, yeah. but it sails past Gigi and American in Paris. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and then Oliver is gonna be it's gonna be tight there. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I think they might have accomplished a little more in this one than I mean, they did in Oliver. I think but. Sound of Music, West Side Story, and this are the top three. Yeah, I think it's just that's probably right. Yeah, yeah. recommends if uh, any any. Movie that you would pair with this one, if someone just watched Mar- uh, My Fair Lady, where would you send them next? Uh, Joey, I'll have you go first. Yeah, so I was thinking about, you know, movies with, um, you know, a woman evolving and changing and growing and an insane expert old man and a, and a creepy stalker-esque younger guy the same age. And I'm going with uh, this year's Yorgos Lanthimos' Poor Things. Wow, poor things for going with the the contemporary pick there. Yeah, really loved it, but I was thinking about it a lot. I've been thinking about it a lot since I saw it, and then I was really thinking about it after I watched it. It's Emma Lady. Stone, right? Yeah, yeah, she's that fantastic. Looks good, it's great. Yeah, haven't seen it yet. I'll have cool. to watch it for Oscar season, but we'll see how that goes. I have a another version of this. Um, this uh, would be would have come out before My Fair Lady, but it's another version of the Pygmalion type of deal. Um, this was from our uh, from 1950. Our our all about Eve year, and it was the uh, the infamous winner of best actress who won over Sunset Boulevard and won over uh, All About Eve, and it's um, uh, Judy Holiday's win uh, for Born Yesterday is the name of the movie. Uh, it's a, a adaptation stage to stage to to screen. Stars Judy Holiday, stars uh, William Holden. And uh, our guy Broderick Crawford from All the King's Men, he's kind of, it's, it's basically, Broderick Crawford plays like a Tony Soprano type of character, a Jersey, uh, for lack of a better term, mobster. Okay. Um, and he's a person of influence, but doesn't have a real, you know, it's a, a, a wink wink kind of thing. And he's dating uh, Judy Holiday, who's... Uh, sounds a lot like the, um, the uh, actress in uh, Singing in the Rain who... 
who like I can't stand you. Yeah. yeah. Who they have to dub? Yes, yes, yes. So it's a great performance of Charm Force. I talked a lot about this on yes. the great on episode. The great. Eve. You really went through it. So yeah. Worth so you listening. can go back to that. But it it pairs beautifully with this movie and solid performances and nice little. And it's the same director, George Cukar. Oh, yeah, perfect. Both films, oh, so. great. Um, there you go. So, um, Brendan, recommends. I mean, everyone's seen it. Ten things I hate about you. Always support that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know that one was based off of uh, Taming of the Shrew. Yep. Which is awesome play too, so we can recommend that. That's it. Erin. I'm going to go She's All That. Perfect. I love the slow walk down the stairs in the red dress. (laughs) Kiss me. Perfect. Although although Higgins never really got his hacky sack scene. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so this is not a who should have won podcast, as we always say, but we do like to go through the other movies that were nominated for Best Picture. Joey, you have them here for us today. I got them. First one, Zorba the Greek. An uptight English writer traveling to Crete on a matter of business finds his life changed forever when he meets the gregarious Alexis Zorba. Um, Anthony Quinn is Alexis Zorba. Alan Bates, Irene Pappas in it. Um, I like Anthony Quinn. Eh, yeah, that's pretty much all I like about anything I just read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know about Zorba the Greek. Brennan, do you know anything about Zorba the Greek here? You heard of this? Is No. No. Never heard of it. Sounds like this might be another annoyingly British movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's uh, who's it directed by? A director I've never heard of, Michael Kokoyanis. Yeah. Sounds Greek. Next, sounds like another treat. Beckett, King Henry II Beckett. of England, comes to terms with his affection for his close friend and confidant Thomas Beckett, who finds his true honor by observing God's divine will. Rather than the kings. Brennan's eyes lit up when you said Beckett. Just, yeah, it shouldn't have. But um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I've heard of it at yeah, least. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean Richard Burton plays Beckett. Peter O'Toole's in it. This is what Peter O'Toole did instead yeah. of, of this. He Peter Glenville Beckett. is the director. I think that's a play also. It that's, is. Yeah. This was like the play year. Yeah, yeah adapting the. Sounds adapting. like a nap. Yeah. <laughs> Right, next. British costume period piece, yeah. Henry the Eighth. Were the British the a big deal then? I, I like in that they year. Are. British invasion, Brennan. We went through this yeah. with the Beatles. Oh, They're yeah, taking that's over. That's right. Okay, right. Yeah, 1964. Yeah. Next is a movie that Kieran, me, and you and Artie covered pretty extensively on Sound of Music. For some reason, we didn't think a five-hour movie was enough. We yeah, wanted to add two just, more. We're gonna do a, a sub episode on on what movie, Joe? Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. In turn of the century London, a magical nanny employs music and adventure to help two neglected children become closer to their father. Julie Andrews, Dick Van Dyke with the worst accent of all time. I don't think anybody will disagree. Directed by Robert Stevenson. Yeah, but the dad in that is the ultimate heat check. In it, oh, my maybe, God. When he comes in with this, this pipe. Yep. Precisely at 501. Uh, amazing. But Mary Poppins, uh, Aaron, you're a Poppins love, fan? I love Mary Poppins. That's yeah. not to like... Yeah. Super califragilisticexpialidocious. Yeah, Julie Andrews it's just crushed time. it. Love the the animation yeah. mixed in with that's a cool early version. The of little that. little birds floating around. Fun. Yeah, and the penguins. Ah, oh, the penguins. We were just watching this yesterday. Yeah, it's, yeah. Good. it's, it's so good. good. Brennan, you're a Mary Poppins guy too, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, who's not? Yeah. Especially when you have a one year old. Yeah. Oh, and is he? He's digging <laughs> it already. Uh, well, he was watching it. He was he was into yeah. the penguins. Nice. And then he if went. Not and it. then he went and he grabbed his penguin book. Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. yeah. If you're not into it's it, you better start genius. because yeah. <laughs> you got a one year old. 
Joey will walk you through that. He's already become an expert on uh, maneuvering movies. Paw Patrol, of yeah. and Paw Patrol I've seen every episode. <laughs> yeah, Mary Poppins. You go listen to our Sound of Music episode. We do plenty of talking Mary Poppins in that one. Yeah, we give it a lot of justice. And next, it's not who should have won, but this should have won. Dr. Strangelove, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. An insane American general orders a bombing attack on the Soviet Union, triggering a path to nuclear holocaust that a war room full of politicians and generals frantically tries to stop. Directed by Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick. Peter Sellers playing three roles wonderfully. George C. Scott, Sterling Hayden, Keenan Wynn, Slim Pickens, Peter Bull. It's a great cast. Yeah, a movie we've talked quite a bit about already. It was on your top ten list, Joe, and yep. it was on Artie's top ten list as yep. well. Uh, good film. It's one I just saw recently, and you know, recently enough, and you know, it's not like the top of my Kubricks, but it's toward the top. You yeah, know, it's Kubrick probably, has so much. It's, it's probably three or four nice. around that around that. So I often relate this movie to Dave Matthews Band in that <laughs> I don't hate the movie as much as I hate the people who love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> You took a meeting um, in college with so, this, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, look, look it's a good movie, but people, like, rave about this movie where I'm like, okay, it's good. Like, but shut Careful, up. Careful, one of them's in the room, so yeah. it's perfect. No, no I know, and, but it's like, it's not that great, and, and, like, I don't need to hear about how great it is all the time. <laughs> Maybe you should appreciate you know? it more. Well, yeah, and that's now, what people... Now Artie's triggered. Now we got Artie's, Artie's losing his mind. Well, that's what people tell me about Dave Matthews' band, and I still haven't started liking that No band, one's ever told so. me that about Dave Matthews' band. <laughs> I love Dave Matthews' band. <laughs> Everyone always okay, tells you, you, well, you have to see them live, and then you'll understand. Oh, okay. It's like, well, I'm not going to see them live, so... They're very good live. I still don't care about them, though. Yeah. You mean you don't have one of those like fire dancer stickers on your car? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so it's a Dumbledore. Yeah, it's, it's Dumbledore. Yeah, it's same thing. It's so the Lord I, of the Ring. I saw Doctor Strangelove in the movie theater at Cinema Arts Center. Oh, Wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. What, back uh, back in, uh, I was either he was in so senior cool. year of high school or freshman year of college. I forget, but yeah, I saw it at Cinema Arts Center. It was great. I, it was a great experience. I loved it, but you know, not the way that people. It's like a different movie when you hear people talk about it. It's, hmm. it's um... all right. We got Brennan was ready to go today with this. <laughs> I've never seen it. I'm gonna have to. Ooh, I'm yeah. gonna have to. Don't see like it too it. much, or Brendan will get yeah. mad. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, love um, George C. Scott in it. Oh, he's so good. Killer, and it's awesome. Uh, and Peter Sellers should have won actor this without year, question, playing the three roles. That's yeah. our, that's our nominees. Other nominees. That's it. That's it. A five movie year. Um, I think the right movie won. What do we say here? <laughs> Brendan would have gone with Zorba the Greek. <laughs> Come Beckett. On, Beckett. Zorba the Greek just never gets the right uh, enthusiasm. Aaron, if you come downstairs uh, tomorrow and Brennan's watching Beckett, and I apologize in advance, <laughs> I'll let you know. Right. It'll be me and Lachlan yeah, sitting down sitting watching there. Beckett. Lachlan's yeah. just crying. It's like I just want to watch Bluey. <laughs> Why does Peter all do a look like that? <laughs> Guys, this is awesome. This was a blast here. Uh, I think that the, I think that this podcast will be shorter than the movie. Uh, so it's unbelievable. That's, that, that's, that's something amazing. that's always an accomplishment for, for Best Picture Cast. We uh, talked about the weather and our health and, and such, but we did it under three hours. It's always a good, a good time. Brennan, great having you back. It's been a little while. Yeah. Your, your back catalog is there for people, whether it's Chariots of Fire or Mutiny in the Bounty or... Uh, Shakespeare in Love. Uh, Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, and pretty soon we'll be doing the return to Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. So we gotta, you know, we'll have, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. Zita's that doing movie. that? Yeah, and Zita nice. will be our guest. So we'll oh, wow. Figure that out. That should be fun. She can 
she can roast Brendan in, uh, uh, to his face this time, you know, <laughs> at least over Zoom from uh, the other half. So of the I world. need to be able to defend my position. Is yes. what you're saying? Uh, yes, yeah, probably, yeah. probably. Uh, yeah, so that that's fun. But you get other uh, beautiful minds. You were on that one too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, that was a fun one. Some good uh, stuff. Chariots there. of Fire. Yo, yeah. you said that. Yeah, I'm yeah. a day. Um, Amadeus, there you go. Well, here's Aaron, some good movies, and then I'm a, yeah. and then Chariots of Fire. <laughs> Aaron, it's great to have you back. This was a blast. Your first Best Picture winner to discuss here. Yeah, thanks. Um, and we have a comedy tournament coming up, uh, guys. So you'll have to put your heads together. Oh you, God! You know, you, like me, you guys haven't won anything, so uh, we have to try to improve a little bit yeah, here. Our streak is laugh- laughable, so yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm almost as good with comedies as I am with what was that the rom com? Rom com. I was yes. like, who's choosing me for these? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how that how, how you fare on that one, but. Uh, Good to have you back. And Joe, what's going on? What do you have? Uh, what's what's coming up with 1001 by 1? Yeah, so 1001 in real time. We just, our Akira episode just came out. So um, I'm sure people, I hope people get super mad at me for that. Or Joey roasts anime movies. Is that uh, the topic? I try my best. I really do. Like I <laughs> oh, yeah. try until the end where I kind of lose it a little bit. Uh, but then we then we have a really cool season finale coming up. Then we take a break and then we write into Edgar Wright rankings and then Aliens. Oh, wow. Yeah, Aliens. going to be fun. Yeah. A- aliens. Aliens. Yes. Yeah. First sequel we've done. I love done. that movie. They mostly come at night. Mostly. There's there's a part of me that loves that movie more than Alien. Yeah, um, you're not alone. I, yeah, I, 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 I know. Spoke, I spoke about us being under three hours too soon here. <laughs> so now, now I'm triggered. Now I'm triggered. <laughs> Dave Matthews Band, Ridley Scott. Ah! <laughs> um, Brendan. Anime? Is it thumbs up, thumbs down for you? There's nothing about anime that I like. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. We wait till the, till the three hour mark and start firing off the hot takes. I love it. Uh, yeah, so you can you can hear me here. Plenty of me here. There's uh, probably I've said every word in the in the English language at this point on this on this beat. potentially. But you can also uh, hear me at some other podcasts too. Like I said, I've been on the the GMO, the greatest movie of all time podcast. I covered uh, five movies there. I, I think. Uh, this the week that this comes out, I'll also be on there for uh, Fistful of Dollars, the Clint Eastwood oh, uh, nice. Spaghetti Western. That's coming out that soon? Yeah, it's going to be out in January, so oh. uh, we haven't recorded yet at the time of this recording, but looking forward to that. Obviously, big Clint Eastwood fan, love me the Dollars trilogy, so um, it'll be, be fun talking that one. That's great. Um, also, the Revisionist Almanac is finally out. The Almanac is open. Took forever, but man, it's, it's here. It's and the here. first step, you crushed it, Kieran. Thank you. It's, I had a lot of fun talking 2010. Uh, so there was uh, more marbles in the mouth with King's and King's Speech discussion over there with that. Uh, we also talked Social Network and uh, 127 Hours and all the other great films. Black Swan, all the other great, great films that came great out. Year. Gave our, our winners for what who who should have won or who would we have had win. Who would you have win, right? 98's next, so they'll be uh, so Shakespeare in Love will be getting. Yeah, more. I, we'll see how. I don't think they're as friendly to Shakespeare in Love. I assume it's going to get. I assume they're not even going to say those words in that order. <laughs> That's well, a shame. We'll see. And uh, also over at Cinemust, which a bunch of us have guested there in the past, um, going on, he's doing a new little series over there where uh, we're doing a, a top 10 list and. We're covering the top 10 Best Picture runner-ups or movies that were nominated for Best Picture but didn't win. And uh, Adam St. John from 1001 by 1 will be there. Uh, The three of us are going to put our heads together again as we did on uh, the Ridley Scott rankings that we did over for 1001. But this time it's platformed on Cinemus. 
can't wait to chat with those dudes and and go through that. I think it should be coming out around the same time as this one, perhaps maybe a little after. So you go go check the Cinemust feed for that episode and all the other ones we've guessed on. Joey's been there, Grant's been there, Oz has been there. Uh, I've been there too many times. So uh, go go check Mike out over there. He does a great job. But uh, yeah, so just you know check us out on our socials. Please give us those reviews. You know Spotify, give us that five star. It's a big help. Apple reviews, all that. If if you like us, if you if you're still listening to us at this point, hopefully you like us. And uh, give us those reviews because it's it, it helps our visibility, helps get us out to more people who who would be into what we do and 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 how we do it. So uh, you can help there. And if you have any uh, comments, hot takes, questions, you can always email us. You can always DM us on any of our socials. We're always down to talk. And uh, yeah, next uh, next episode will be our four year anniversary. Wow. Crazy crazy stuff. And that's going to be on the Hurt Locker. Jeremy Renner. Be plenty of Jeremy Renner talk in that one. Mm. We'll have a. Of uh, Joey, you'll be with me and Artie and Chris G and Grant, and we'll you'll hear from all the voices uh, of Best Picture cast. So uh, it'll be fun. So okay, thanks for listening, guys. Anything else? Any closing words? Any thoughts? It's lovely. Yeah, that's it. Thanks for having us. A lovely evening with you guys. Thanks for hosting. And uh, yes, and I'm sure the the rain on the plane in Spain will remain. We'll Get see you next Get my slippers. Week. I could have danced all night. I could have danced all night. And still have been more. I could have spread my wings. And done a thousand things But I've never, I've never, ever, ever, ever Done before I'll never know What made it so exciting When all at once Ha ha ha!